Oh man, I hope you guys, I hope you guys in the chat have your factions ready. But before we get there, what's up, you beautiful people? This is Gary Horn, and this is this is the NWA. It's a podcast celebrating the past, present, future, history, legacy, and tradition of the greatest pro wrestling entity of all time, the National Wrestling Alliance. And of course, I'm not alone. It's this is the NWA after dark or tit NWA after dark, as we should probably call it, because that just sounds like more of an no. No, okay. Well, anyway, uh, shaking his head in disgust. That's uh, that's Will Martin. Mm. That's my and gimmick. happy as happy as ever. Looking looking like a sexy biker is uh, the doctor, and that's that's a legit doctorate. People, it's not that's right. not just the name. The doctor Rob Stinson. That's right. Doing, I, I literally bought that degree. <laughs> so it is real. I earned, I paid for that joker. So Doc McLevin in the house, guys. This is the NWA after dark. And I like that, actually. I like that. Yeah, this is the NWA after dark where we talk about whatever you guys want to talk about. This live chat just goes as long as you guys want it to about whatever you want it to. I mean, as long as you guys want it to, to an extent. I mean, Rob, I was here till like 4 a.m. So. Uh, Rob, 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 legitimately, for those of you who don't know this, like Rob, legitimately sleeps in three-hour increments. Like he does not, he does not have a normal schedule. Like you can, you can text Rob at pretty much any time, and there's a high likelihood that he is awake because it's that, I guess, that military thing. So he just, he does not sleep like a normal person. Sure, sure, your family loves it. They're great. It's all right. Brain on my marriage, honestly. I'm I'm also real like OCD about things, you know. Like I fold my socks. I the way I make the bed with the 45 degree military, you know, hospital folds. That and the sleep. Those are the two great strains of my marriage. But other than that, pretty good. That's good. If you think that's crazy, you should get him on a Zoom chat at like three o'clock in the morning and start talking about uh, philosophy. Because this dude can go. Uh, who were we talking about? We were talking about apologetics the other night. We were talking about uh, the great Cornelius Van Til and uh, Emmanuel Kant, man. Yeah. Talking about Josephus. And trying to get Josephus in that conversation. That's exactly it. Well, uh, folks, we're here. We're live. This is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, if you see the tweet out there, make sure you RT that thing. Get us some uh, exposure. Also, I uh, have to say this every time. If you haven't already, make sure you hit that subscribe button down below. Hit the like. And for God's sake, if you're not following us at the NWA pod on every form of social media, then what are you even doing with your lives? This is how this is how we grow a community. So we are happy to see you. Now, all of this conversation, obviously, tonight is not going to be pretty. We're going to talk about some stuff because we would be dishonest if we didn't acknowledge uh, that the world is on fire right now. And uh, there is some legitimate NWA news. And we're also going to get into things uh, regarding that. Now, I guess I should say up front, well, and also we, we do have the main event topic. We didn't forget you. You guys voted. We're going to be talking about wrestling factions, and I'm most excited about that because that makes me way less uncomfortable. But um, one thing we want to get out of the way up top, I think, fellas, is um, I've seen the requests sometimes that we get where you folks are uh, – not not you folks. It's just different folks. Ask the question, like, 
when you talk about stuff tonight, talk about the news going on and let's all talk about what we agree with or disagree with or what we believe and don't believe. And that is not a thing I want to do. And I don't think that these fellas do either um, because this is a very serious situation. And in the scheme of things, we don't have any information other than a bunch of tweets and a bunch of statements, which we're going to talk about. But there is a lot of accusations. There are, there are accusers and then there are the accused. And somewhere in there is the truth. And everybody has a right to speak. Everybody has a right to defend themselves. We're not going to pass judgment. We don't know. We don't know everything. Um, does that does that seem fair, guys? Is that just announcing that? Yeah. Perfect. Okay. All right. So just getting that out of the way. So if you're in the chat and you're just like, if you if you want to ask us to do that, we're we're not going to do that. I'm just not even going to acknowledge it from here. Just yeah. not I, not to be. I would ass. say. I would say if you're looking for conversation about discussing the guilt or innocence or anything like that or speculating on that kind of stuff, you can just go on Twitter because that's all over Twitter. This is going to be a place where we're going to talk about wrestling. We're going to talk about real things that are happening, um, but we're not here to speculate on actual human beings and their lives and things like that. So. Right on. I totally agree with what Will just said. So uh, I guess just to go ahead and get this out of the way, and this is, by the way, I don't, I don't want to belittle or uh, di dismiss or uh, anything, any of this stuff. That's not the purpose here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring up one thing right now, just because we are who we are, and you're on the channel that you're on right now. But clearly, a big event has occurred in the National Wrestling Alliance. Uh, an independent uh, wrestling personality named Liz Savage has accused Mr. David Magana of some uh, wrongdoing. And uh, if you want the details on all of that, you can see that on Twitter. It's still there. It's I'm pretty sure it's her pinned tweet and or just search any of this and you'll see it. It's, it's really not hard to find. And I'm pretty positive you've all seen it. So uh, to update everyone on the news, if you haven't heard it already, um, David Lagana did issue a statement today. So if it's cool with you guys, I'm going to read that statement real quick just so that we get it out of the way. And uh, it's out there. And um, I think that I can actually share my screen here. Boom, look at that. There it is. This is uh, I'm on PWInsider.com. Uh, you can see the NWA statement originally pursuant to allegations made by pro wrestler Liz Savage on her Twitter account, 618-2020-NWA-VP David Lagana has resigned his position effective immediately. As well, all production of NWA content is temporarily halted pending a restructuring of executive management positions. Uh, that has been the last bit of news that we've actually had on this situation. But today we did get an official statement issued to David Lagana. We're only even hitting on this because he sent this ad out to several different publications asking that it be printed in full. And uh, you can see it here on the screen, but I'm also going to read it. Uh, 
The hashtag speaking out movement has brought to light a number of new allegations of sexual assault against people in the wrestling industry, including me. These allegations of sexual assault should be taken seriously and be investigated. Every accuser has a right to be heard, but every person accused of such serious wrongdoing deserves the right to defend themselves. Last week, Liz Savage accused me via Twitter post of sexually assaulting her a decade ago. Liz and I were friends for a total of about five to seven years before and after the alleged assault. We first met at a wrestling show sometime between 2006 and 2008 when she was introduced to me as an independent wrestler. I take Liz's allegations seriously. The first time I became aware of her allegations was last week when she made them public. I take them so seriously that I voluntarily stepped down from my position as vice president of Lightning One Incorporated and its company, the National Wrestling Alliance, after learning of her allegations. I did so because they predate this position and I didn't want to involve the men and women of the National Wrestling Alliance during this time. I valued my friendship Liz. I'm sorry that she feels that I somehow wronged her. However, the incident she described did not happen. Liz is correct that she lived with me and my female roommate from mid-August 2010 until October 1st, 2010. Liz is also correct that she shared a bed with me while she lived with me. She is again correct that nothing about our relationship was romantic or sexual. Often as we went to bed, we would cuddle and spoon in a non-sexual way. We also did so the few times we shared a bed prior to her living with me in 2010. As Liz correctly said, I never made non-consensual move on her during the waking hours. However, her claim that I made a non-consensual move on her while we shared a bed is false. I did not touch her in the way she claimed. I never touched her like that, and I never would have. But Liz's allegation of sexual assault is not the only portion of, of her Twitter post where I feel compelled to correct the record. In early August of 2010, Liz informed me that a friend of hers invited her out to Los Angeles to attend a show that I was not affiliated with. Ultimately, she stayed with me and my roommate starting in mid-August. Liz suggested that I did nothing to help her upon her arrival, but as a friend, I offered her all the help I could. This includes taking her to an NWA Hollywood event on August 25th, where I introduced her to those in charge. I was un an unpaid producer at the time with the NWA, so I had no hiring or firing authority. Liz also left out the fact of her relationship with my female roommate. While this roommate did not initially know Liz was coming, once Liz arrived, she treated Liz like a sister. She gave Liz food and clothing and drove her to job interviews. They remained friends for years after Liz moved out. But despite their relationship, the first time my then roommate found out about these allegations was last week. Liz claims that I kicked her out of my apartment because of the alleged incident. Actually, in an email I sent to her on September 24, 2010, I informed her that my landlord stated that per my lease, any guest staying longer than two weeks consecutively would need to be added to the lease. The landlord said they are willing to look the other way for seven weeks. Uh, the seven weeks Liz was with me and my roommate, but would not do so after October 1st. I offered her some of my frequent flyer miles if she wanted a flight home. After Liz moved out of my apartment, she and I remained in contact over social media and email for a few years, even endorsing me on LinkedIn in 2013. During that time, she would occasionally email me about opportunities in the wrestling industry that I did what I could to help with. The hashtag speaking out movement is creating change in our industry. I wish Liz all the best in her career inside, inside the ring and out, but I adamantly deny her allegations against me and could not let them go without providing these details about our friendship.
you can see a note here that at 425, Liz Savage did respond to this statement on Twitter, writing, yes, he absolutely did touch me. I put my trust into him as a friend and he violated me. Um, so I guess, uh, sorry for taking so long to read all of that, except that I felt obligated to just get through the whole thing because Lagana did very specifically ask that the statement be read in full or be shown in full on all of these sites. So I wouldn't want to do a disservice to that uh, by not reading the whole thing. That is where we are. David Lagana is still out as the vice president of the National Wrestling Alliance. We are still in a situation where the National Wrestling Alliance is on a hiatus. And uh, I, I don't have any more news than that. I don't know of anybody that has any more news than that. Um, but we wanted to do our part, uh, given that we are trying to be ambassadors for the National Wrestling Alliance to just show what's, what's occurred so far in uh this story um guys I, i'll throw it to you. you you heard the statements there and everything uh i know it's it's an uncomfortable topic that we're, we're dealing with and and, and it should be it, it this is meant to be an uncomfortable topic um did, did you have anything you wanted to say here or add to this um about the situation or what's going on or statement you wanted to make uh no i mean it's obviously a horrible situation um one of many, you know, horrible things that has come out over the past week. Um, and I mean, you know, we come on here and we're on a public platform and we are live on the internet and um, it just, it doesn't do any good in my mind to speculate guilt or innocence. He said, she said, who's right, who's wrong. Um, because that's the conversation going on. There's tons of people on Twitter leaning both ways and they're very vocal about it. This, to me, this just isn't a platform for that. And so uh, I will say it's unfortunate. Um, I hope I hope either way, whatever the truth is that it comes out um, and that it, you know, I, I, I side with J Cal, if you saw his, his uh, show earlier today, you know, I'm for justice. Whatever the truth is, whatever justice is, that that's what I'm for as well. So I echo that sentiment. Um, it's really unfortunate, no matter which which way it goes. It's just an, a horrible, unfortunate um, situation. Um, but I mean, I, you know, she said what she said on Twitter. He put out his statement. She responded to that. I, you know, I don't know if it's going to keep going back and forth or or what happens next. But um, you know, personally, as an NWA fan, it sucks. Uh, the situation sucks, and um, I am hopeful for the future. Um, but you know, we we can't not address what's going on. And so my my take on it is it just sucks. And um, you know, I hope I hope I hope the truth wins ultimately. And um, and that's really all I'm going to say about it. Yeah, I mean, nothing more to add. I think Jay Cal uh, sums it up perfectly today. People need to respect each other, and I want justice to be done. Um, so that, that's it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's tough to have much to say about it. I mean, like I said before, we don't have all of the details, obviously, and, uh, you know, these things are going to have to uh, uh, play themselves out. That's all we can really expect to happen i mean i it's it's been a rough time in the wrestling world this week and um i think that if you think that this that 
if you're a person, I've seen people just thinking like this whole thing's crazy, but I definitely don't think that. Um, the wrestling business, I mean, this is not like something that was just unknown. I mean, I, I think these stories, like all of these stories, I don't expect that everybody knew that, but the wrestling business is known to be, it has its skeezy moments, basically. basically. And so that's a part of the history of wrestling. So it's tough. You've, you've seen some stories come out, just uh, some folks have, I think uh, one of them I saw has like 17 at last count stories that came out about him. Uh, and, uh, and we're not going to list off names or anything like that. But uh, at this time, it's just like the, the best way to do it. We feel like is to lay out and let this thing play out. And uh, we'll of course speak on anything directly related to the national wrestling Alliance and the NWA um, but uh, other than that, I, I don't expect us to go off on long tangents discussing details of of everything that's happened. Right. The All right. Shout out, Gary. Is go that, ahead, Rob, uh, Remember that the NWA is, and and you know, there's no taking anything away from what uh, David Lagana has done for the company and the brand and the uh, the the, the re elevation of it into national prominence. But the NWA is is bigger than one person. Um, one of the, the people that we really love who carries a lot of the weight in the company is NWA Marine. And uh, she, she does a lot of work backstage. Josephus does a lot of stuff. Nick Aldis commented on this the other day. The NWA is going to be okay, guys. This is, this is still one of the it, – it's, it, it's been a tough week, no doubt, but this is still one of the most vibrant times in the history of wrestling. We're still living in good times, and we, we're in a little – a bit of an ebb right now. And, and, you know, when things like this get addressed, it's time for us to confront problems and, and, and start to examine ourselves. And I think a lot of workers in wrestling have the same mentality that we've got to start examining ourselves and what's acceptable. And, and uh, um, uh, you know, I don't want to get into so much about what Marty Skrull said, but Marty Skrull, I think, for, for, to his credit, he said, look, you know, it, whatever happened, I had a role in making professional wrestling uncomfortable for somebody. And that's not right wrestling should not be uncomfortable for people so uh you know wrestling is good wrestling wrestling is healthy the nwa is healthy we're going to survive this we've survived fbi racketeering investigations we're going to get through this nick aldis has still got about six seven eight hundred more days in the title reign before he drops it uh and then of course he'll pick it up again for a third reign but um we're on sound footing guys it's going to be okay we're here to serve up gravy cake be happy and positive and, and celebrate as Gary says, the past, present, and future of the greatest wrestling entity in the history of the world. That's what we're here to do, and we're going to keep doing it. Yeah, so top that, Will. Oh, I'm not even going to try. It's the power <laughs> of positivity right there. Yeah. Um, no, I, I think we said this on the live chat last time as well. Yeah, the NWA is made up with of too many amazing people. Uh, this is this can't be the end. Now, one of the things that we're going to do as ambassadors is keep doing these shows just like this, these live shows, putting out content related to the National Wrestling Alliance and uh, wrestling in general and keep the spirit up, the flame a burning for uh the nwa uh just in case anybody out there's having any doubts about the hashtag nwa fam being strong and that goes all the way to the top the very tip top to mr uh, william patrick corgan our president if he ever had any doubts about what he's built working and the fan base 
that supports it. We want to make sure he knows that we're here and we're ready for the NWA whenever it comes back. In the meantime, there is plenty to discuss. And so I guess with that, we'll move on from the heaviest stuff of the evening. God, I hope. Um, so uh, that brings us into uh, what, what else have you guys seen this week? Anything you want to discuss uh, before we get into our main event topic? Any wrestling news you found interesting? Yeah, it caught me off guard. And maybe you guys knew this. I've not been reading my Wrestling Observer and all that stuff this week. But it caught me off guard that, uh, that Crimson and Jax Dane made a return to impact. Yes. J-Cal brought that up today. In his, I, le- I learned know, about that guys, from You're not today. watching J-Cal. You're not watching. You got to watch J-Cal's show, man. Um, I will not I will not knock J-Cal, by the way, who is an amazing uh, ambassador also for the NWA. And uh, the Alliance blog is fantastic. But I'll tell you where I learned about it. Um, if you guys follow at the NWA pod on Twitter – um, whoever's whoever's posting over there definitely talked about this the night it happened and uh, posted a clip uh, so you guys can go back and check that out um, I'll, I'll direct these guys to that site also um, I have to give so that a, I'll give out. that a follow yeah but there's a lot going on man they got the last dance going on on Netflix the last ride the undertaker special I haven't been watching what what would you say the name of the podcast was at the what <laughs> It's uh, at the NWA pod. You should check it out. It's it's fantastic. I, I'm huh. telling you, man. After I I went back and I did see that. After I don't know how I glossed over that, Gary. I did go back and look on on our own podcast and our own site and see that that you had posted that, but it really just escaped me until J Cal mentioned it today. I'm like, what? Yeah. But anyway, I, that that to me that was big news. I'll, I'll be exactly I'll be completely honest. Uh, as a form of self care, I have not been on Twitter a lot in the last week um and obviously you know you you guys can understand why so that's why i probably missed that but yeah i heard about it as well on j cal's show today um if you're not as gary said if you're not watching j cal's pre-party over on alliance wrestling uh definitely catch that every tuesday um but yeah I, i learned a lot from that 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 being one of the things so what do you guys think about so I've heard that a lot of people, you know, I talked about Deanna Perazzo a couple of weeks back. I know that she at the time was on a kind of one-off contract deal. She wasn't under, you know, full-time contract. It was just kind of per appearance. And so I'm assuming that's probably what Jack Stain and Crimson were appearing under. Um, so we don't know for sure, but I mean, what, what was you guys thoughts when, when you heard that? Uh, I was, I was shocked. I mean, I guess I, I'm happy to see him uh, getting some success um, and and getting an opportunity to work. Um, it was the same night as Ricky Starks debuted on AEW, so that's why it stands out in my mind because I remember just watching television and getting DMs or texts from people about these things. And like, you know, I got a text from a buddy. It was like your boy Starks is on AEW. And I'm like, what? So I like turned on AEW. I wasn't actually even watching him at the time. And, uh, and then like somehow I was like posting about it on social media and saw an impact. It pop up that Crimson and Jack's Dane were showing up on impact. And I remember just being like tweeting out just like, what is happening right now? Why, why is this happening? And, uh, 
But uh, yeah, man, I mean, I can't do anything but be happy for the guys, you know, if they get a chance to work and make some money. I mean, what else, what else can you do? Yeah. I mean, there's I, a lot of them in the way, like, obviously. I didn't know that Crimson had was, was, um, you know, I knew that he'd had some health issues. So, uh, you know, it kind of surprised me because I, I didn't know if he was, I just assumed that obviously we're not doing um, empty arena shows or anything like that in the NWA, but I just assumed even based off of the, the, the uh, what's called in all this episode that he was kind of still uh, on hiatus just from recoup recouping from an injury. So that that caught me off guard. I, it doesn't surprise me them showing up an impact. I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. I think you know, um, regardless of what Billy's relationship and the the uncomfortable nature that might be for him, I view Impact and Ring of Honor as uh, very close cousins. Uh, you know, uh, so good for them. You know, I, I'm a big fan of both of those guys, and uh, to the extent they can. Um, apply their trade and 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 demonstrate their ability that that we know um, I'm all for it yeah and I think I mean you know Ricky Starks is obviously a different story because he um, he ended up signing a contract that night and you know, Tony Khan actually tweeted out that you know when he wrestled that match against Cody last Wednesday uh, it was a one-off appearance but after seeing that match he signed him that's that's what Tony Khan tweeted out so that's that's a little different. There's definitely a, a contract there. Happy for Ricky, but uh, you know, I, I'm I'm equally happy for Jack Stain and Crimson because you know, there's only a handful of wrestling companies operating right now. I mean, AEW and WWE, obviously, with their TV contracts, uh, Impact started back up, and then I know Championship Wrestling from Hollywood starting back up, which is great for for Marquez and those guys. But uh, you know, other than that, I mean, everybody's kind of on pause. Um, when it comes to live wrestling and, and stuff like that. So uh, the fact that they were able to, even if it is a one-off appearance to get in there and, and get some ring time and get some TV time and, and put their names out there. Uh, that's, that's a positive, you know? And uh, I mean, I, I don't know if that means that they're looking to end up there with a contract or not, but you know, with all we know right now, I mean, that that's that's great for them. You know, I'm sure that they've been sitting at home like the rest of us, kind of itching to uh, get back to work and, and do what they love. And so I'm glad they got a chance to do that. And I'm glad that they were, were put on a stage like that with all the talent that's out there right now that's available, um, that they were able to, to get a spot on that show is, is, says a lot. It's a, it's a testament to their talent and their ability. Yeah, I totally agree with that uh we want to acknowledge everybody in the chat again thank you so much for joining us right now again if you haven't done it hit that subscribe button and like the video uh helps get us in front of more people uh speaking of the chat i just wanted to point out we've got ryan romano in there since the last time we uh, talked work shoot wrestling podcast uh is in the building the insiders are here from the wrestling days community um and, uh, of course, J. Cal, who we've been talking about. See, he, we didn't even know he was in there until right now, and we've been uh, kidding his butt this whole time. So how about that? Um, I'll just uh, throw to you guys in the chat room uh, what you're saying about some things we've been talking about. Sorry if I missed it up until now. Uh, WWE Front Row, uh, one of our, uh, our favorite people in the world. Uh, we don't really know what happened, of course, only knowing what's been posted officially, but I believe the NWA will pivot and continue to blossom. Only time will tell if Mr. Lagana returns. That is 100% correct. Uh, Dave Wills is in the chat. Look at that. It's still real to me, Dave. Good to see you, buddy. Um, and uh, yeah, Alliance Wrestling with Gravy Cake. Love seeing that. Hashtag Gravy Cake, everybody. Uh, let's see here. What else? 
Wrestling with the MMA says hashtag strictly resistance will be taking sweet Charlotte from Alda Stinson. So uh, I feel like you got to have a representative. Like who's going to be, who's going to be your guy. Don't get him stirred up that quick, that early in the show. Let's, let's give him. I'm not taking the bait. I'm not taking the bait wrestling with the MMA. We've done hash this out. It's it's not even debatable. Yeah, Dave Wills in the chat saying the darkest hour can be before the dawn. It may be better than we ever saw it before. That's damn right, Dave. You tell him. Beautiful. Dave knows what's up. He's he's got that history. He knows he knows what what NWA's been through. Uh, Doctor Red Tyler in the house. Uh, I don't trust that guy, but he's here. Um, <laughs> let's see here. Who else? Brian Lang says uh, if it ain't on Tic Tac, I don't hear about it stop that's right so that's right yeah i don't i <laughs> absolutely right i and, and that's why i miss a lot of stuff because i'm not on tic tacs but you know where i am at i'm on myspace you can just find me under the profile name of tom and uh you know we can uh, talk on myspace so uh <laughs> nailed it yeah you're you're you are nailing it i, I believe it nailing the bottle tonight that's what you're doing um <laughs> the uh <laughs> The uh, let's see, front row did uh, say, did uh, Thunder Rosa offer Piper a contract yet? Um, she she does great interviews. It's coming. It's coming. Yeah, we're in we're in talks with Thunder Rosa. We're actually working on a project together. Thunder Rosa and I. She asked me for my help. I don't know why, but I'm very humbled. And uh, we're doing a project on the history of uh, the women's championship. So uh, that's something that I've been collecting photos and articles, and I've got an extensive collection of vintage wrestling magazines that. Um, I've shared some pictures with uh, Gary and Will in our private uh, discourses and stuff like that. But uh, so that 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 that's kind of a long-term project. But we're you know we love Thunder Rosa. Thunder Rosa is a big fan of ours, and we're big fans of hers. And and uh, you never know when she might turn up on this on this channel. So yeah, absolutely. She surprised us this past Sunday, just out of nowhere. Just uh, Thunder Rosa popped in, and that, there there is no. That's when you know you've made it. That's when you know it's real. Thunder Rosa, the women's champion, just decided on a whim, hey, I want on because I got to talk about some stuff. And she came on. And by the way, if you didn't see it, you got to go back and check that out. And we talked about clipping out her section and we may still do that. Um, she's deaf. She, her, her, her whole segment in that show is, is absolutely must-see. You've got you've to hear uh, Thunder Rosa talk, especially in light of, of everything – uh going on in the world right now it's just good to hear that positive voice actually it's worth mentioning since we're talking about news items uh she she talks a lot about it but she it it was announced also this week that thunder rosa is launching mission pro wrestling and uh it is an all-female uh wrestling company and by all female not like just in the ring the ring as well behind the scenes everywhere from the camera operator to the booker to the uh, general manager to all of it it is all females so that's going to be an interesting project and you'll see a lot of support of that from us because we we love our champ and uh and of course we get to talk to her a little bit about what that means uh what reservations she has has there been uh any discussions about the nwa women's title being defended in that company uh so that's uh that's all stuff to check out if you haven't done so already Let's talk about Undertaker for a quick second. Well, you brought that up. Uh, did, did 
I, I watched the clips. I actually didn't watch the whole documentary, but I did go back and watch the clips because I did see the big announcement. So spoiler alert, if you haven't already seen it, uh, The Undertaker did uh, officially announce he's retiring from the ring. Uh, it was a little weird. As I, as I recall it, it was kind of this story. The one part that made it legitimate to me is that he, he did in the stuff I saw talk about how his uh, brother passed away, I think, while they were filming the AJ Styles match uh, from WrestleMania. And then also his brother-in-law got very sick. It was, it was something like that, I think. And uh, it made him take a step back and realize that uh, life is short and he's got a young son and, and you, could, you're, you could check out tomorrow. You don't know. So he's wanting to spend more time with family and that sort of thing. Um, but I thought, you know, he, he mentioned a little bit about the WrestleMania match, and then also he, he had been disappointed. He, he, he'd had that brush with the Goldberg match in Saudi Arabia where he basically got dropped on his head and uh, probably thought that he had broken his neck for a minute and uh, that sort of thing. So time's short. But even all of that at WrestleMania, it was a very cinematic match. He did describe that it was a very grueling shoot, that it still felt like a very long match because you're constantly throwing yourself off of things over and over again, and it lasts till like 5 o'clock in the morning. But I guess with that, I'll throw to you guys. Do, do, you, do you buy it? Is that the last time we're going to see The Undertaker wrestle? No. No. <laughs> very, very quick to it. Will says no. No. Well, he said, and I think Rob brought this up when, when the three of us were talking about it, on offline uh i mean he did add the caveat in there you know unless vince really needs me let's be honest vince is always going to really need him i mean every time wrestlemania season gets close and they're looking at the card or there's injuries or something like that you know vince is gonna get into that panic mode and you know you're, you're gonna want the the lights to cut out and to hear that gong and you know i, I think i just i don't think it, it may be cinematic or it may be in the ring, I don't know. And I mean, also the fact that, you know, that cinematic match with AJ Styles, it was really great. I will say that it was awesome to watch. Uh, it was a great way to, you know, cover up the uh, uh, shortcomings just due to his age and things like that, uh, that, you know, we see in the ring and stuff. But I, I just, I, 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 at the end of the day, I think, when he sits back and thinks about it, he's going to want to end his career in the ring in front of fans and to get that, that send off that not only he deserves, but he probably wants, he probably wants at least one more moment um, in the ring with an arena or a stadium at WrestleMania or something like that. So, you know, I think, I think what he said was valid in the moment just because the situation that we're in and, um, probably how he feels right now just because of life and, and everything like that. But I, I think when the time rolls around in the next couple of years, we'll see him in the ring again in front of a crowd and, you know, that might be it or it might not, who knows, but I, no, I don't think we've seen the last of, of Undertaker. Uh, man, I've got a, a million thoughts. I'm not going to say them all, but I'm going to try to be organized about this because I just really respect the world out of the Undertaker. Um, I think the, the last point that Will made is is very good. I think it, it would be it would be appropriate 
for Taker to end his career in front of in front of a crowd. And he talks about how hard it is to walk away and how he gets that itch and how it just burned at him that he wasn't working the WrestleMania that 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 one year. And um, it's just uh, the other part of me is like this could be it though because I think. Uh, the Undertaker being a statesman, he's one of those ones where I don't care who you are, wherever you are. Um, Undertaker has got to be on everybody. He's on somebody's Mount Rushmore, and very rightfully so, of greatest of all time. He was so humble, but he's also such so responsible with the business and what his body can take. Um, he's responsible to his family, his kids, his daughter, and his wife, uh, Michelle McCool. Um, and uh, so I don't think that he is – uh, he wants to do any, and he's so cognizant of his legacy. And 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 wrestlers along those lines are very very critical of their own ring work. Uh, and I don't think that he wants to put anything out there as a testament to to his career that can't live up to the legacy that the Undertaker is. And so it, it, it I, I'm not going to say I'm not 100 sure that we've not seen the last of the Undertaker. Of course, if Vince needs him, he'll be there. But but at the same time, I think Vince loves the Undertaker. They have a relationship, and I don't think Vince, you know, is eager to put uh, the taker in a position that's going to be compromising to him or his legacy. I, I just have to say that, one, as an NWA fan primarily, let's not forget that that mean Mark Callis, uh, Mark Calloway, is an NWA guy. He started out, you know, in, uh, in um, various promotions before he landed in uh, WWF, and, and one of those was NWA when he was half of the skyscrapers for a while. And... Uh, he was imposing then, and then he, you know, he took that and parlayed that career to something that's just unmatched and unparalleled. And I think that everybody, he is one of those ones who's like universally um, respected. It's just like, I can't, you know, there's nothing in the world like the respect of your peers, and he has it. And for me, like, and we've talked about this before, the older I get, being a military guy, I've never been a sensitive person, and that's not anything to brag about or anything. It's just I haven't. That's not what I would what was in my makeup and um, the older I get, especially with when pipe, when Petra came along, you know, I've gotten a lot more sensitive as a person and, and much more introspective and, and, and self-reflective and self-critical and all that. It really was, was very moving to me. It's very moving to me to see the undertaker, the dead man, <laughs> the, the great American badass. It's very moving to me to see him get choked up and get and, and to be self-critical too, because uh, I don't know. I guess like those of us who have prided ourselves on being strong and, and putting out a tough exterior, it's neat to see someone like that who we respect and venerate uh, just be vulnerable, you know. And so, uh, if you haven't seen it, again, I think uh, um, Warren Shoot Wrestling pointed out that one, two, and five were the best episodes, and I have to agree with them. They are uh, three, uh, three, and four are hard to watch. They're they're, they're tough to watch, but it is a great series. And I don't want to spoil anything, but but you know, this is one that I. Uh, I like, like, like Will, you know, I had to detach from Twitter some this week. Uh, we've got some other projects walking on, but I wanted to give this a fair watch. And we're actually, my wife, who, who's really into The Undertaker too, she, uh, she's not been able to see it all. So I'm going to go back and watch it a second time and, and try to pick us on some things. But I cannot, this is, this is some serious, serious journalism right here. And, and again, if you're Undertaker, I, you're probably not watching, but if you are, Hats off to you, man. You deserve uh, the best send-off that anybody can get. And this is your – if that's your last match, there's no tarnish about your career. You're one of the greats, man. I have no doubt Undertaker's watching right now. He's he's one of the people <laughs> uh, in the chat. He's 
uses a, a second name in there. Probably James Lawrence. I see James Lawrence in there. Shout out to him. Secretly the Undertaker, for those of you who don't know. Definitely. Um, Definitely. <laughs> seeing some stuff about the Saudi money, though, that's always that's always a game changer. I don't know, though. I think he I think he's probably feeling pretty good about that part of it. I, I gotta I hope. But I, I think everybody feels um, good about Saudi well, money. Let me let me let me bring this up. Just you know, speaking of James Lawrence, he said make him a booker. I mean, what you know, is there another capacity besides being in the ring that you guys could ever see the Undertaker in, or is his his aura and mystique he can only be that in ring talent? I mean, is there any other iteration of the Undertaker that could be present in WWE? He's one of those ones that that I think is going to be he's going to be essential to the WWE forever. You know, like I see him in an ambassador role. You know, uh, ten years ago, fifteen years ago, before fans got smart to it and for the internet killed kayfabe and all that, maybe not, maybe not, because he has to be the dead man, you know. But but now that we, you know, and, and the Undertaker had a hand in this production himself, and and he showed the you know he let the world into his life in a way that he's never done before um and i just see I, to me it's like when i think of like the essential you know you can go back and the wwe's got a, a storied legacy too with guys like buddy rogers and bruno and pedro morales and um bob Backlund. but at least from like you know the 89 to 90 on the the undertaker is one of the greats and he's probably one of the greatest of all time and i can't see a, a world in which the Undertaker's not play some sort of role in the brain, whether as an ambassador or whether back there doing shot calling and booking or whatever. But yes, I, I believe he's, you know, he's always going to be present. The Undertaker ain't going away. Well, that's what I can I'm see asking. him. I just wonder about what that would look like. I mean, you know, obviously, could you imagine Undertaker on commentary? Just like in his. <laughs> I was, I was actually going to say that. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I mean, the thing with it is, is like uh, when you were asking at first, I was like, of course, any role. But I would say any role that's not on screen. I can't picture right. the and Undertaker. And, and, maybe, uh, and, and that's that's probably what I was asking. Is there any on-screen role where he's not choke slamming people in the ring that, you know, and getting that 20-minute long entrance that you could see? I, personally, I couldn't. I, I feel like, I, I don't know. I, I just... I think if he's going to be on screen, he's got to be the Undertaker, and he's got to be uh, a wrestler, you know. And so it's weird. It's weird because it's you know he could surprise us and, and show up for commentary, but I don't know why I'd want to. I mean, the guy's done everything you can do, and uh, I, he, he, I don't. I can't imagine that he needs a paycheck that bad or anything. But if you want to talk about like with. Uh, uh, there's there's a writer's room, so I doubt he ends up in a booking scenario. But as an agent or something like that, a guy who throws together matches, coaches other wrestlers, there's probably no he's on par, arguably, with anybody else in the business as far as something like that would go. So uh, he'd be invaluable as in that kind of role. But yeah, man, so I can't I see him like. Uh, did it impress you guys watching that? How like humble he was, like how he would solicit input from from what i mean I, and this is no shade on anybody but lesser talents lesser names i mean they were talking about the undertaker here and he's in there you know 
asking people if things were okay and all that. And, and you can see like he appreciated everybody. He, he, he kind of jokes about him being the godfather and people coming up to him to pay tribute. But then he's like very sensitive to that. And he's very keen on like, and he's just such a humble guy, man. I mean, like he's a, he, this is a good man. The dead man is a good man, you know? And did that, did that strike you guys at all when you saw that? Yeah, a little, a little bit, but I mean, you know, I, I mean, not probably not as much as it did for you. I mean, I, I've yeah, Undertaker so mysterious, but I never assumed that he was a jerk. You know, I figured being around that long, um, you know, he's probably uh, got a good attitude backstage and gets along well with with everyone. So um, that, you know, it kind of checked out for me. Yeah, and it wasn't that – I don't think that he doesn't get along. I think, like, what really impressed me, I guess, is, or what really hit me, like, when, when I see something, I'm like, gosh, man, look at this. It's that scene where Taker's kneeling down and, and Hunter comes up to, to, like, coach him, you know, to, like – I'm like, this is The Undertaker. The Undertaker don't need no coaching. This is a dead man, you know. But he talks about that and he and he and uh, how much he appreciated it and what how it empowered him and everything, and – you can see, like, it's neat because I'm, I'm with you, Will. Like, he's always been shrouded in mystery, and it was really just kind of surreal to me to see that veil torn back. And, and again, I'm not a WWF guy. I'm not. I mean, I, I like to stay in, informed, and I want to know what's going on like you guys do. Uh, but I've always respected The Undertaker. He's my, he's my favorite WWE personality. He's my favorite, bar none of all time, next to Flair. Flair's an NWA guy, but, but next to him, it's, it's Taker, you know? So for me, it was just like to see people coming up like Kurt Angle, you know, giving him the kiss on the forehead and and um, the Triple H conversation. And, and you got uh, Christian coming up to him and those guys like just encouraging him. And he like like he needed that. It just it really, really it, it was it was weighty. You know, it's heavy for me to watch. You kind of get that impression, too, when like uh, Ricky Starks would post those videos back in the day. I remember where he got to have a sit down with Undertaker and stuff and uh that was the first time I recall ever seeing Undertaker like that. Like, if you go back to some of uh, Ricky Stark's old posts, uh, he was definitely, you know, just very approachable, it seemed like. I would have never guessed that. Uh, I've met Undertaker, and he was very frightening. And so it was just a, a different version of him than I recalled. But, uh, you know. <laughs> I was telling Tanya also- about that, that story uh, last night, Gary. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He got beat up by Undertaker. Yeah, yeah, he was gonna beat me. So, uh, you know, different, different, different strokes, I guess. Um, let's see what else uh, happened in the news this week, folks, that we can talk about. Uh, what's the chat going on? Again, hit subscribe if you haven't so far. Alliance Blog says seeing Taker on commentary is that much different than seeing Stu Bennett on commentary. I'm not a hundred percent sure what you're going for there, J. Cal, but. Like Stu Bennett <laughs> is, I think Stu Bennett's pretty fantastic on commentary. Like I was pretty impressed with him. Uh, he he just and he's got that uh, that voice that it feels like it's got some gravitas to it. Uh, what he calls it, it sounds clean and professional and just like it uh, adds a. I know it's it's probably like the stereotype for for a British voice, but like just the the elegance that it brings to it. Just hearing Stu Bennett. Um, the one thing I do enjoy about a wrestler being on commentary, though, is a guy like Stu Bennett when he's speaking. 
you're getting it from the perspective of somebody who's actually been in there. And so I do kind of dig that um, aspect of it, but um, yeah, I don't, I don't know personally. I don't know if you guys had any thoughts on that. I'm just going to do this. So you guys, oh, I was, I was not quick enough. I was trying to move it to gallery view so everybody could see both of you. I don't know. Yeah. I can't add anything to what you just said. I like them. I like Joe Galley. So I, you know, uh, but I also know that Jay Cal has uh, got a better sense of things than I do. So if he, if he's got issue with that, I'm probably going to just defer to him. It's like, you know, I'm wrong and he's right. <laughs> yeah. Why don't you do that with me? I do I, I, every day in our, when, we, when we're off a line and we just talking the three of us, I'm always giving in to y'all, man. Y'all beat up on me. You guys in YouTube, MySpaces, Napster, LiveJournal, listen to me. I get bullied more than anybody yeah. in, in the pro wrestling podcast community by these two busters right here. I love them. If I didn't love them so much, I wouldn't like them. Uh, well said. Shout out to Crypto Zoom Mauler, who's in the chat. I'm looking here. I'm seeing uh, Al Johns, Chris Johnson. It's good to see you guys. Thanks for coming out and hanging out with us today. Mike Digital, it's good to see you, buddy. Uh, have you talked about Thunder Rosa's new wrestling fed? Yes, we did. We just talked about it. It was uh, uh, Mission Pro Wrestling. We were happy to talk about it anytime. Um, big fans of Thunder Rosa over here. Uh, you know, uh, Front Row brought up a topic in the chat earlier that uh, should be one that we uh, should have mentioned earlier on, um, or should, shouldn't mention for later on, I'm sorry, um, that, you know, when we do these polls, uh, he, he mentioned uh, women's, women's wrestlers, like talking about women's wrestlers and then potential women's wrestlers that could show up in Mission Pro, like who we'd like to see in, in Mission Pro Wrestling. Because I, I can name some, I mean, right off. I mean, hopefully her connections in uh, NWA get her uh, folks. Like, I mean, if you want to start a Fed, you want to get some Allison Kay up in there, some Camille. You want to uh, get some Danny Jordan. You want to uh, Lindsay Snow, all of that stuff. But anyway... I just thought, I thought that would be an interesting uh, topic. Uh, also in the chat is that Ricky Starks video I was mentioning was from on it. Uh, it was Ricky Starks and Aaron Solo, who was Bailey's fiance, uh, were sitting down to chat with Undertaker. And I did not know this, but the chat's also telling me that there's Mark Calloway merchandise on WWE shop. And I did not know that. <laughs> so, yeah. uh uh, CryptoZoo Mauler in the chat asking if Jazz retired. Um, I, you know, she had some health issues, but then I feel like she showed up on AEW at one point. She was working at a school uh, in Texas, but I, I don't think I've heard that like she officially retired or anything like that. Savannah Evans, yes, would also be another good choice. I keep waiting for her to show up on NWA eventually. Someday. Mm -hmm someday uh let's see you know the other news that got looked over this week and this is i told it i said we'd get away from the heavy stuff but did you guys see that there were like 30 luchadors in mexico so far since like uh was it march that have died from coronavirus no that's getting buried like under everything else that goes out i'm gonna i'm gonna look it up here uh 
but uh, it, it, I saw something about that earlier. Um, but yeah, the it, I think it was like El Phantasma or something reported it or something like that. But they, yeah, basically just like lots of hospitalizations, but like 30 deaths thus far wow. uh, from coronavirus and, and just of luchadors in Mexico. And uh, that's just kind of insane. That's terrible. Uh, which makes you wonder, like, what's going to happen right now with all of that stuff? Because, you know, WWE had the outbreak. Or, or well, I say outbreak, but they had the uh, positive test or whatever. But I don't know. I don't, It's kind of crazy. Yeah, I mean, attached to that, too, is um, just talking about WWE. Uh, after that happened, you know, Kevin Owens has said that he's not going to uh, come to the taping so I guess he's going to be off TV for a while off of WWE programming just making that decision for for himself and his family that you know if there's a positive case like that he's he's just gonna just gonna park it at home so you know props to him for making that decision hopefully there won't be uh, any uh, backlash no pun intended for that um, and he can he can do what he thinks is right well, as an avid watcher of uh, Hey, It's Will. Daily, I know that uh, they they tend to often say that there won't be a backlash, but then certainly appears. They say that. They say that. They do say that. Uh, that sounds What's like some uh, Robs. You said WWE. Here, there's Will. It's called Monday Night, Night Raw. <laughs> 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 Oh, CryptoZoom Mahler's pointing out that Black Demon 2, who won the uh, uh, Pendragon Cup, was a corona victim. I, I, I think I'd heard that somewhere. But, yeah, thanks for pointing that out. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I was looking here to see if I could find the exact article that I was looking at. Uh, I think I, I'm pretty positive I saw it on The Observer, like, yesterday or this morning or something like that. Um but insane. What other news? Any other news you guys want to talk about in the chat? Have you got anything for us that you want to discuss before we move to the main event topic? Oh, hey, that's a good point. Work uh, uh, Shoot Wrestling talking about he's going to be on the bump tomorrow. That's that WWE thing, right? That I have no idea what it is. Um, uh, not 100% sure, but uh, but speaking of WWE, since we're just like all up their butts today, um, what was that other show they do that got canceled on Fox? Backstage, was that the name of it? Yeah. The one CM Punk? Yeah, yep. canceled. 86, WWE Backstage. And that's that. <laughs> I'm glad I brought that up. Breaking news. You heard it here. Oh, you probably wrestling it with the MMA. Uh, he's asking in the chat, "What's the recipe for gravy cake?" Rob, do you do you know? Uh, hey, do you, do you hey, have your own family recipe? You're not ready for that yet, MMA. You're not ready for that. <laughs> That's a closely guarded secret among this three. <laughs> so we're giving it to you for free tonight. So uh, uh, you know, but the, the you can't you can't just we can't just hand out recipes of gravy cake. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> You follow us on TikTok. Follow his Tic Tac. Oh, same. Yeah. 
<laughs> oh, let me say, I did want to say Mike Digital, man. Shout out to Mike Digital. He's been a, uh, he's been a huge, huge presence in, uh, in the pro wrestling fan community, NWA fam, since, uh, since uh, the quarantine started and all that, just providing some good stuff, resources for people. I don't want to go into a lot of details about that, but uh, here on, on the internet, but he's, uh, he's one of the big heroes, man. And uh, he's putting stuff out every day for us to, to uh, uh, consume and just big shout out to Mike Digital, man. Much love. That's a good point. Yeah. Uh, right, right when the uh, quarantine started, that guy was on top of it, just trying to do his part and provide some entertainment for folks. Uh, so yeah, definitely, uh, definitely worth mentioning that. Uh, we appreciate the uh, hashtag NWA fam. You guys, uh, everybody, everybody just full of, uh, uh, inspiration and positivity and, and and just providing doing what you can everywhere 99 days ago says Mike Digital when that started uh, yeah right. Worship Wrestling says uh, backs go ahead no, it's okay. Uh, Worksheet Wrestling Podcast says backstage not canceled, scaled back only for major shows. I saw some places reporting that, um, but I saw on the Observer and I think the Torch, they were like, yeah, they said that, but then they also let literally everybody go. And uh, that was just like a, yeah, maybe for major shows we'll do one. But um, I think Meltzer actually said he talked to a bunch of people from that studio that were like, that's not going to actually happen but we'll see we'll see just uh keeping hope alive i guess uh let's see here james lawrence says they're starting to run indie shows in west virginia so hopefully we'll get to see live wrestling soon he's got his anti-covid mask uh, uh it seemed like the marty and nick seemed like with Marty and Nick, the collaborations were going to resume between NWA and ROH. Can you confirm if this is the case or was a one-off? I, yeah, I don't, I don't know any particular details unless you guys do. I mean, it seemed Marty and Nick are pretty tight. So uh, I, I felt like they were back in the process of working out a partnership because it wasn't even just them. Like the bouncers showed up on NWA, the NWA folks were popping up on ROH TV. Nick Aldis was in a match where he teamed up uh, with Roosh and uh, took on PCO and someone, I just forgot who, but uh, so. Or somebody. Uh, yeah. And, and last yeah. week, last week, I think, or it might, may have been two weeks ago, um, but Nick Aldis appeared on um, the uh, one of the newer Ring of Honor YouTube shows that they've started doing during the pandemic called, uh, I think it's called ROH Week by Week. Um, and it's just kind of their their version of uh, a weekly show to just keep things going and interviews and stuff like that. And one episode actually started out with a promo from Aldis saying that uh, when wrestling starts back, you're going to be hearing from me. So he was kind of putting uh, Ring of Honor on notice. So, yeah, that would lead me to believe the collaborations definitely still still effective, still going on. So I uh, wouldn't be surprised to see more of that you know, when things get back going, obviously that's up in the air right now, um, especially now, but, you know, ho hopefully that'll, that'll resume when everything gets back to normal. Yeah. I think too, I think that, that, you know, Nick, Nick Aldis is open to taking the title anywhere. 
you know, if, uh, if, uh, and I think Billy is too, really. I think uh, William Patrick Corgan is, is if, if, if um, entities like Ring of Honor or Impact or uh, New Japan or what have you will provide him with that uh, avenue to defend the title, they're open to it. There, there's always been this sort of kinship between uh, Ring of Honor and uh, Impact and really to uh, AEW as well. If you look out, I've got my NWA 70 playbill on the wall over there. I'm like, half the names on that AEW poster are now on the, or excuse me, half of that, half of the names on that 70 NWA 70 poster are on the AEW roster now. Uh, so there's, there's some kinship there. So yeah, I mean, there, there's, and like you were saying, Will, there, there, you know, certainly Nick has already let throw down the gauntlet. I mean, he intends to, to wreck some havoc in AEW or uh, ring of honor and make his uh, presence known there. So All right. Um, obviously, folks, uh, if you haven't already, I'm just going to keep saying it throughout the show. Hit that subscribe button. We love you guys, and we're grateful to have you all here hanging out with us. Uh, and share this on social media. If you like the conversation, you want to keep talking about wrestling, uh, we we love having you guys here, and it gives us something to do. It's, it's really boring if it's just the three of us because we talk too much as it is. So it's nice <laughs> having other voices. Um uh, yeah, d WWE uh, front row. Um, I love how creative people have been during this time, keeping themselves relevant through fresh content. We were seeing a whole lot of that. I mean, the the biggest disappointment for me so far with uh, the NWA shutdown is going to end up being the fact that we were seeing some real, uh, some really cool stuff and some real evolution in the programs that Carney Lamb was putting out from like what's causing all this and inside the NWA and Rob would deny this until the day he dies, but the Eli Drake show. And uh, <laughs> I was interested to see where girl power went. So outside of even the weird Carney Land show, I, I'm disappointed that we don't get to see those shows. I, I wish we could do something about that. Um, because uh, I, I really enjoyed the discussions that were happening on those. Which one would you guys miss more, though, do you think? Just curious. Of the Carneyland shows? Um, yeah. Uh, probably I've really valued the, the what's calling all the segments. And, and uh, probably next to that would be uh, inside the NWA. Those are the most informative, I think. Now, and, and don't get me wrong, man. I, you know, I, I have mixed feelings about Eli but there's almost always the one reason I'm real frustrated is because there's almost always something in every episode that I really like and then something that really pisses me off so it's like you know I'm on both ends of the spectrum there uh girl power was harder to listen to uh, it's kind of an empowerment piece and I think that um it spoke to an audience that that um I mean it, they were great they're very riveting and, and cutting edge and and that kind of thing they were good journalism but it was just very, very but Rob doesn't like to see listen. anybody raised up, really, if, if possible. <laughs> I'm just looking at my green screen, how it's all jacked up right now. I don't know it does look like some some wild junk we is happening. Like We've got some storms going on here that I think are interfering with things. So I'm going to try to... Your green it. screen specifically? <laughs> kind of storms. <laughs> Yeah. There's green, green screen, screen storms, man. Uh, Let's get you. Storms messed my green screen up, man. Right. It was like it felt like I was at the uh brand new this is the NWA after dark club that just was built on uh 
the up and coming side of town and you were like in the abandoned building where it used to be. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Now when I I actually took my green screen down, I've got this pegboard behind me and it's got green spray paint on it. Just so my boundaries, you know, my, my, my green screen is basically poster board, but, uh, um, you know, you can see all the little, if you're looking and my background's not on, you can see all the little pegboard holes on there. So anyway, but I'm just uh, letting the letting the paint dry on there and before I put this uh, green screen back up. So, oh, a lot of great topics. Scenes, man, I just pulled the pulled the veil back like Undertaker. God, you and Undertaker. Now y'all can all rest in peace. <laughs> he he latches on to somebody every episode. He does. <laughs> just rolls and, with. And, I mean, we, we skimmed over it, but I mean, were any of us shocked that Rob would would mostly miss the Nick Aldis show? What's causing Aldis? I mean, I could have just answered for you, bud. I'm gonna tell you right now, so far, and 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 we don't know what's gonna happen if that's gonna continue. I think Mike Digital asked if uh, the light. I don't think the lightning one direction of NWA is over with by any stretch. You still have a lot of talented people that can take the ball and run with it. But uh, you guys got to admit that 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 Doug Williams, Nick, all this interview was like wrestling cop university, like tuition level. <laughs> we should have paid three thousand dollars to see that to get that Absolutely. class. Absolutely. So uh, it's not me just being a huge uh, fan of uh, Nick Aldis, which I am. But but man, his stuff is just so good. It's a, he, he's getting into the wrestling, you know, like ring psychology and and uh promoting and and uh, different styles the british style versus the strong style versus the american style he's getting those kind of things that guys like us really really eat up so and and no no, all that content was good like i really love the practical stuff that eli drake was bringing the diet stuff him showing us how he cooks in the morning and here's what you do and the uh 30-day challenge which we're all supposed to be have taken up um uh so it was good, but and the, the empowerment pieces were great too. They were. It's just, I think that you know, I don't identify with a lot of the things because I've not experienced a lot of the things that the women are expressing right now in the world of wrestling and the things that their their perspectives. So, but that has a re- very relevant audience for people like my daughters and my wife and all that. And it was, and I valued it. And I wish that we'd gotten an episode last Friday. But the the uh, all these pieces were the best, man. I mean, objectively, they were. Yeah, I, that Doug Williams episode and, and conversation was by far my favorite piece of content put out by the NWA during uh, this quarantine and Carney Land uh, and all that. So, I mean, I, I'm right there with you on that. Um, I'm, I'm just giving you hell about it. But, um, yeah, and so here, here's a question, and, and maybe I don't know if this is too painful to talk about now that you know, Carney Land may be over. Um but, you know, there was a handful of people that didn't get their own show or their own um, spotlight through Carnyland. And, I mean, what would you guys have wanted to see? And you guys in the chat, too. I mean, you know, I, I, Rob, I'm sure you'll agree with me on this, too. But I would love to see seen Josephus have his own show in, in some capacity and be able to kind of flex his creative muscles in a full a full, you know, scale show the same way that Aldis and uh, Eli and some of those guys did. Um, so, uh, Joe Stephus is actually he's actually my favorite NWA star more so than even Nick Aldis. I respect what Nick Aldis means for the history of the company and the longevity of the title reign. 
he is the perfect world champion right now. But Jeff Sebas is my favorite. I I like his um, his creativity. I like the fact that he is behind the scenes. He is a true academic and intellect. This is a guy who has been a media specialist at a library at a university. He teaches music courses at the university level. He studies philosophy, theology. He's been a seminary student. Um, we are actually, the three of us are going to talk with Josephus, but it's not going to be on the air because Josephus doesn't, he's not comfortable with doing podcasts. There's only a handful out there. And the ones that are out there are like amazing to listen to. They're amazing. You learn so much. So I would love to have seen stuff like that. Uh, uh, absolutely. I mean, Josephus, but I don't think Josephus felt put out, you know, to kind of get back to your question. I don't felt like he felt like he was missing out because I don't think that's where his comfort zone is. You know, he's, uh, I've actually been on shows with Josephus before here in the American Wrestling Federation here in uh, North Georgia. And Josephus comes, he's very polite, very kind, very tender, but he also has a very strong sense of maintaining um, the integrity of wrestling, the integrity of kayfabe. He's one of those guys that really believes in that. Uh, and, and he thinks that's part and parcel of being uh, someone who's given their life to the sport. He studies it. He's a, he's a true student. He reads books and literature. He studied the personality of Bruder, uh, Bruiser Brody. He actually portrayed Bruiser Brody in uh, The Dark Side of the Ring. He was the guy that, that portrayed him because they have this uncanny resemblance. He's one of those ones that when you look at the things that he does do, um, man, we don't always get it. And that's not to uh, Josephus's discredit. That's to our discredit because almost everything he does is rooted in some deep philosophical proposition or some deep uh, I mean, I think Gary gets a lot of things that I don't get because he and Gary share sort of a cult film um, fetish. I guess I'm not to use that word flippantly or anything, but they they're into sure. cult films. Yeah, that's our, go ahead. That's our <laughs> other that's our other podcast. That's not this one. <laughs> Psychotronic Film Society. It's great, and and we like we in our family like film, but not to the degree that they do. You know, I mean, these guys know everything about film, and they study it uh, at a at a university level degree of intensity. So I would really love to see Josephus stuff. I can't wait till we hang out and you guys seen that he's communicated with us about that and is, is more than willing to do that at some point. But I don't think we're going to see him in a segment. That's just not where he's at. That's not what he does. I mean, he's he's uh, he's kind of like Undertaker before the last ride. I mean, he's all about the mystery and he's about um, he's just he's quirky like that. And that's 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 where he's at. So and I, I respect it. You know, there's somebody I haven't seen much of that I, I really wish, like Carneyland opened us up to, but I've somehow expected to see more, you know, because like with Camille and Thunder Rosa, we've gotten some good stuff that they're just doing off on their own on their own YouTube channels. But Allison Kay uh, seems to have a lot of talent to me. And uh, she's just got a lot of personality that like, I'm, I'm trying to be careful how I, I say this so it doesn't sound like disparaging or something, but there's sides of her personality, I guess, is what I'm looking for that, that you don't see in uh, NWA all the time or so far on NWA power and NWA power. She's got a very serious demeanor and no nonsense approach to wrestling and uh, and uh, just kind of a badass uh, look. Whereas with Carneyland, we've seen stuff like her Carneyland college segments where she's like teaching promo class or uh, Esther Addington character coming out i mean i assume that they have some connection uh, no no word on that is true but if you uh check out allison k's instagram right now the most recent picture is uh of esther addington in a bikini and just gonna leave that there 
But uh, anyway, so you, uh, I just, I, I, I'd like to see more out of Allison K. Like as far as um, some kind of creativity, like just segments and that sort of thing. Um, obviously, I miss them all in the ring, but I feel like Allison K. could carry a show. I think so. I think there's like a depth that we've seen from her through Carnyland that uh, we didn't, not that we didn't know was there, but just that she hasn't been able to use in wrestling. Um, and so that was cool to see. And yeah, I would have loved to see, you know, her get her own, her own show and, uh, you know, see what kind of stuff she could come up with. I mean, she was really involved in girl power, but that was very, that was more of a, of a podcast um, feel to it more like what we're doing here um, and you know it would have been interesting to see because I think it's fairly obvious from seeing her that she's she's got some different characters and some different talents and things that uh, when it comes to either acting or something like that that I think would have been really cool for her to get to to get to explore through through all this so I'm with you there she approaches um, she approaches the business with such respect, and she's one of those ones who, uh, who, when she speaks, her words carry a lot of weight and authority just because who she is. She doesn't get enough due because she's so willing to put others over, and she and she's about elevating the brand and the sport, and so she's perfectly fine to to, to push a Camille and a Thunder Rosa, who are both women who are both very deserving. I, you know, we love Thunder Rosa so much, uh, but Allison Kay is like. I don't feel like she's gotten her just yet. I also don't think that she's done being a world champion either. I think she's got reins left in her. And she, you know, I think, Gary, correct me if I'm wrong, but she had an instrumental hand in the designing of the Burke title. Um, you know, she, she has a personal affinity for Mildred Burke and that legacy, and she has a sense of history and of the weight that uh, her legacy carries and so um, you can, you've actually done a re really remarkable podcast with her. It's one of my favorite right up there with the Marty Bell one. Um, so yeah, man, Allison Kay is, she's up there. She's arguably, she's on that Mount Rushmore of the, of the rebrand of the NWA along with Josephus and Tim Storm and uh, Nick Aldis. Would be fun to see. I mean, the one thing that I've really come to appreciate about her and, and I didn't know her so well until the NWA, but looking back, I mean, she is a, uh, journeyman wrestler like she has been all over the place uh, journey woman I guess you'd say but uh, you know I don't, I don't think a lot of people realize like how much experience Allison K has through like her impact days and she's been a champion there and like uh, even she's been in the May Young Classic in WWE and that sort of thing and it's, and it's tough tough like gone through some uh, life-threatening uh, conditions and fought back from uh to get back into the ring so uh yeah definitely worth mentioning uh seeing in the chat also marty bell getting a lot of love so uh she's worth mentioning also marty bell definitely has a lot of personality marty bell's got a career all over the wrestling business i feel like like she seems like she's absolutely ready to become uh, a presenter of some sort she could probably work on commentary like she seems like i mean and that's not taken away from allison on that part either but like marty has that like I don't know, some kind of excitement behind her, like a passion whenever she talks. It's just, uh, it's kind of fun watching her. Like she, she, she seems like one of those people that could just like, you could plug her in anywhere in a wrestling company and she would excel. Man, that, that, the shoot interview you did with her got so much positive buzz and everything. And it was so good. I was actually, 
I, I was, well, we talked about me sleeping in three hours first. I was actually up like 2 a.m. in the morning doing some work around the house. And, and I was listening to that podcast and I listened to it again the next day. I like the little things two or three listens. But Marty Bell, man, is so good. She's so good. And uh, the sky's the limit for her, too. And uh, I was really intrigued. I like seeing her in, the, in Tim Storm's classroom, obviously. But I, but I love seeing her like on the converse, on the phone conversation with Allison Kay because they've got that friendship in history too. I'm going to skip right past uh, you talking about her in the classroom. I know what you were going for there, Rob. Uh, the uh, <laughs> Dawson's get <laughs> no. Nah, who knows? Who knows? Um, the Dawson's are getting mentioned in there. That's funny. Um, also, earlier on in the chat, uh, one name we forgot that uh, got brought up a couple of times I saw was uh, Eddie Kingston. I don't even know if I could stand Eddie Kingston for like uh, for like 30 minutes at a time like because he's so intense. Like I feel like after like 15 minutes, I would be like crying or angry or something. I don't know. Like Eddie Kingston's like – Man, he gets you fired up with every single promo. I, I, I totally agree that he could probably do anything he wants to do. The guy is as good on the mic as anybody. Uh, but, geez, man, I don't, I don't know. I can't picture, like, what that show would be like. Yeah, I think, I mean, Eddie Kingston's whole thing, and, you know, he did he, – he cut a couple of, of promos for the Carnyland intros, and he and Homicide were on Inside the NWA – um, but he's just Eddie Kingston. I, I don't think he's ever going to be a, a character. And so, I mean, if he had his own, you know, hour long show, it would just be an hour long Eddie Kingston promo. And I, I'm right there with you, Gary. I'd be like, by the end of it, I'd be punching a wall or something. I'd just be so fired up. And so like, you know, ready to go, I'd probably go, you know, sign up for some martial arts classes or something and, and start getting, you know, or trying to get in like a back alley brawl or something. So uh, you know, I think I think he was used in in a, in a good capacity throughout all this. I'm glad that, that they found places to to use him uh, where he would fit in and cutting those promos was uh, was I, I thought that was excellent. But, yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I can do a, an hour long, you know, Eddie Kingston promo might be a little too much for me. That's a good point, man. I think I'd, I agree. I think I'd be an emotional wreck after <laughs> listening to Eddie for an hour. And I love to listen to him. That's just the thing. You know, it's like, it's like what Will's saying. If uh, you listen to him and you want to go, you know, hey, Tanya, I've got a new goal. We're going to climb Everest uh, here in two weeks. We're going to run the Chattanooga Triathlon <laughs> Ironman. And he's so inspiring. In that. And, and it's because he's authentic. He's not a character. The best the best personalities are not characters. That's what the NWA does so well. These are authentic people. Uh, authenticity has been one of the buzzwords that we've mentioned quite a bit in our in our show in our podcast, and uh, um, you know, and and he more than anybody represents that. Uh, you know, his voice. Um, you just feel the emotion. You feel those years of growing up uh, uh, under hard conditions and the things that he's seen. I love when he was talking about how. Uh, because I, I identify with it as well. I tell people all the time, you know, if you listen to Piper's notes, you hear one of our missions is to uh, is to to show that wrestling is a high form of culture. You know, it's not it's not trashy entertainment or anything like that. It's very high form, which Marty Bell talks about. She studies dance and she feels like this is the culmination of all these different forms of art, which I fully agree with. But um, Eddie Kingston talks about how he would have to come inside to watch ECW. 
and that kept him off the streets. Like wrestling saved his life. And I'm like, you know, my brother and I, we had a happy childhood, but it wasn't because our parents were around. They weren't around and they weren't ever mean to us, but my parents had very dark demons in their lives. And for that, they were, they were absentee, but my brother and I had to be in at six Oh five to watch wrestling and, and the Braves after that. And so the, the in, in a very real sense, in the same way that it did for Eddie wrestling saved us, you know? All right. Well, uh, we're getting ready to get into our main event topic. I think, uh, just real quick, did I tell you guys, by the way, just so I like throwing this out every once in a while, that we are sponsored by Manscaped.com uh, using the code NWAPOD. Uh, gets you 20% off and free shipping. So if you're watching this right now, uh, Rob was talking about trashy things. One really trashy thing is a, is you not keeping yourself cleaned up. Look, look at Rob's chest right now. It's not a spot of hair like in the center. He, he takes – he grooms – that's a well-groomed man. And you do that with Manscaped. They've got a, a ceramic blade that stops any nicks, cuts. It's the ultimate tool for your family jewels. I was on the uh, Jay-Z Flair show this past week, and uh, that was a lot of fun, by the way. But uh, Polly B on there said it best. He's like, when's the last time you went and ordered a hot dog and they asked and they served it to you with fur? <laughs> so, Man, hold on now. What does that have to do? What does that have to do with Manscaped? I'm gonna let you figure that out. Man, (laughs) if y'all don't listen to that again, I I mentioned earlier how these guys just pick on me constantly. Man, he gets on this podcast and tells everybody that my AWA title is ghetto. Like, what are you talking about, man? The inmate belt was ghetto. It's Polly. Polly, I was about to say, yeah, see, I I guess I don't know the story behind the inmate belt. And I knew you had some um, name for it or whatever, but Polly's look like, I don't know. It looked different, a little different than yours. He had it on display. He had that in the TV title in his background there. So we were, uh, we were just having that discussion. So I'm sitting there. was not knocking you, Rob. Man, I'm driving down I-75, heading into Chattanooga, man, just trying to go get me some Chick-fil-A. And I hear you say that, and I literally spit my drink out when you said that. I was like, no, he did not. Just throw shade on my beautiful inmate belt. No, I was funny, man. That was Y'all have to listen. If you don't listen to Jay-Z Flair, man, that is the funniest, funniest podcast. It's so good. Yeah, yeah, they're they're a lot of fun, and they they keep it positive, and uh, it's lighthearted. Man, and that guy – Jay Z was like at one point like uh, you're you know I might get you like you're you're all anybody could hope for at a co-host I was like I, I watched what they did on that thing and Polly B I was like dude you you've got your co-host right here I was like I'll give you fifty percent of what he's doing guaranteed like <laughs> I was like that guy he is there he has got it down he sent me show notes beforehand. And it was like, this is when we're hitting this topic. This is happening. This is here. There's a clip here. There's this. I was like, good God, what is this? This is professional. I am, I am, I am not professional. <laughs> Just to put it in perspective, this is kind of how our pregame goes. <laughs> we're prepping. We'll get on Discord together about, what time do we go live? 8.30-ish, 8.30-ish. We get on there about 8.15. Like, we say hey, 8.30. Rob showed up at 8.40. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had a frozen pizza in there and then we left him in the waiting room for 10 minutes just to just to teach him a lesson 
<laughs> oh, no, man. Gary. Gary sends show notes. Let me look in here. Let's see. What? Y'all ready? That's a show note. Are y'all ready? Oh yeah. <laughs> um, we doing this? We doing this tonight or not? <laughs> Rob, where are you at? Hey, Rob, make sure you 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 go with the with the super small hoodie tonight. Yeah. That's make it. sure it's tight. <laughs> make sure it's snug. <laughs> <laughs> snug we about tried to get shoulders. some viewers up in here. Snug, <laughs> smelly. That's what I'm asking that for out of you, Rob. That's what I need. That's that's quality stuff. Hey, oh. let me show you something, you guys. Hold on. Here we go. Um, let me let me give you a little something, a little taste here. Uh, where'd it go? I lost it. Hold on. There we go. Look at that there. What do you think about that? Yeah. Mm. It's a good one. Man. My favorite line with that, you know, because, uh, Ev, you know, the Andersons and Ric Flair were supposed to be related. They were cousins. And uh, uh, <laughs> Arn Anderson cuts this promo one time and he says, what kind of cross-pollination has to be going on in this family to get this amount of talent all in one gene pool or something like that, man? And, of course, totally, man, maybe – Maybe the coolest bad guy of all time. Well, this is a little preview for you guys because we're about to get into a conversation about factions. We ran a Twitter poll earlier this evening asking you if we had to pick a rando topic because the new NWA content means that we've got to uh, come up with ideas to talk about. And, of course, the most important people when deciding what we want to hear is – the audience that's you guys you guys in the chat and everywhere else we want to talk to you guys about what you want to do we threw up gimmicks we threw up factions we threw up mass wrestlers uh all of it and you guys picked factions today so i hope you're here in the chat if you voted on factions and you brought your notes hope these guys have some in mind um i don't really know even how to necessarily start with it except to say that that's one of the greatest factions of all time that is the four horsemen and uh what better way to get started nwa discussion of factions than to throw to the four horsemen tully blanchard arn anderson rick flair that was jj Dillon there uh there was no uh Ole. i'm not sure which which time period this was from i guess that would have been Ole, right uh rob might have yeah. recognized the picture i don't know but uh, I didn't see Oli in that particular one, but uh, no, there's only four people in that picture. There's no JJ. actual JJ. fourth horseman there. Yeah, JJ's there managing the group. But well, here's the question: uh, Did you get us off? Go, I mean, from from an NWA perspective, just right right out of the gate, is there a better faction than the Four Horsemen? Um. No, there's not, but but there are others that come up to it. I think Jay Cal mentioned the Freebirds. I'm a big Freebird fan. Uh, that's kind of a sentimental favorite to me. Terry Gordy actually graduated from the high school that I'm the uh, assistant principal at, original high school. It was called Rossville High School then, uh, right outside of Chattanooga. But then also the uh, the Legion of Doom faction from 83-84. This, I'm not talking about the Road Warriors now. I'm talking about the Road Warriors, but I'm also talking about King Kong Bundy and jake the snake roberts and uh you know under the under those auspices man that was a a pretty pretty groundbreaking faction but no there's no greater faction than uh the horsemen 
Yeah, the the Legion of Doom. I mean, that was like all the the top heels in in the world, and you know Paul Ellering had them in there together, and it was like, I mean, that was almost too good to be true. I mean, they they obviously didn't last as long as the four horsemen i mean the four horsemen i mean one of the reasons i would say the four horsemen are so prolific is because they spanned you know multiple decades and um there was multiple iterations of it so that's up for debate too about you know how that affects the you know lifespan of the four horsemen but um you know they're they're probably going to be the best just for the sheer fact that they've always been a thing and um, they were always relevant and always, you know, notable whenever they were present. And um, but I, I mean, I agree with Jay Calmy. For me, growing up, the Freebirds were really the first faction that I became aware of. You know, and I, when I started watching wrestling as a kid, um, the Freebirds were, you know, there were tag teams, but then you know, the Freebirds were, were a faction because there was more than two. And that was kind of my first exposure to. The idea of of that and so those they stick out in my mind as a favorite and i mean they were just cool dudes man you know i mean they were they were from from bad street atlanta ga and i mean that was that was a cool gimmick and it always always resonated with me as a kid uh you mentioned relevance. did love that song oh yeah, oh, yeah. Heck yeah man. you mentioned relevance and relevance doesn't always mean like hey you're you're vying for the world's title. Uh, one of the things that I like about uh, the NWA power era that we're in is like, it seems like every match is meaningful. And so when I go back and think like, when I was really, 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 really getting into it, 84, 85 through 88 timeframe, um, it seemed like every match had meaning. And I'm thinking specifically of like Paul Jones. I don't know if you guys remember, Paul Jones had an army that had this like legendary war with uh, Boogie Woogie Man, Jimmy Valiant. And again, James, was, uh, James Lawrence dropped that in the chat just a minute ago. Paul Jones Army. Yeah. Yes. Paul Sorry, Jones, I just wanted yes, to give credit there job. that he had brought it up. Yeah. Good job, man. Uh, yeah, that's a good that's a good shout out there, uh, James Lawrence. Uh, he would they would they amassed all these heels that many of them had been top baby faces like Manny Fernandez, the Raging Bull, or Pistol Pez Watley. Uh, then you had guys like T. Joe Khan, and you had Baron Von Raschke some legends in there you had the barbarian and um and they just waged this eternal war against jimmy valiant the boogie woogie man there weren't titles on the lines this was just a human interest story and but but i remember like we were i was as much into that story i was as much in tune to that match the, the hair versus hair match uh, uh, jimmy valiant was in a number of them with with pez watley and with uh, paul jones eventually but that, that story was as intriguing to me as anything in the title picture was. And that's something I think that NWA does so well now. Like, all these stories are so relevant, like you were saying, Will. Even though they're not title stories, per se, they're relevant. They, they're, they're for just from a human interest piece. So you got to put Paul Jones's army up there, too, at least in the, in the Crockett era, mid-Atlantic. They're one of the great factions, man. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, you know, some of the 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 things that you guys are throwing out there, um, and we're gonna we're gonna jump in the chat so you guys keep them coming. I want to see what you guys think of when you think of factions. One that popped up to me um, is uh, somebody mentioned the Heenan family. So now there's another thing. Like, so what to you guys? You know, I've always heard like 
different terminology for this. So there, there are stables and there are factions. Do you consider those the same thing? Do you, are they, is there a difference? What's the, uh, what's the difference here? That was my question too. Cause I mean, I, you know, I, I, in my mind, I guess it's, just, it's two different names for the same thing. Um, maybe there is a, a subtle difference or something like that. Um, but I think those are synonymous unless I'm mistaken. Uh, there, there, there is a, uh, now we are quibbling here and we are cut, splitting hairs, but just to give you a good example of a stable that was not a faction, Jay, James J. Dillon at one point simultaneously managed the Nature Boy Buddy Landell and Tully Blanchard Enterprises, but the two didn't work together. They were separate entities under this, under the auspices of James J. J. Dillon's guidance. So that, that was, in my mind, that's a stable that was not a faction, but in most cases, I think you're right. I think we're splitting hairs. Uh, you know, uh, typically stables have some sort of loose identity with one another. There's usually some manager or personality that guides them. Uh, so I wouldn't want to get too deep into like, hey, that's actually a stable, not a faction. But there is there's a subtle difference, and and uh, I think the the Landell Blanchard is is evidence par excellence. There, just to, to throw some French at you, throw some French at you. Well, it's it's weird because you you um you say that and then like I always heard the Heenan family referred to as a stable, which makes sense because it's like Bobby Heenan's just managing all of these different wrestlers. But at the same time, I also recall like they worked like a faction because Heenan would send these guys like after Hogan, like he's trying to take out Hogan. So it was like they were technically working together. And that's not disputing what you were saying, by the way, Rob. I'm just saying in general, it's kind of weird. They they kind of blurred those lines. And I just recall them very well because that was like my era of wrestling, like right when I jumped in. I definitely recall uh, the Heenan family. And um, I recall like even leading up to like WrestleMania 7 and stuff and like Boss Man wanted the Intercontinental title off of like Mr. Perfect. And he had, but like he had to work through every member of the Heenan family to get to Mr. Perfect. Like it was just like, just one, one at another matches. And uh, before Heenan would grant him uh, Mr. Perfect signing on the dotted line to defend the title against him. And uh, I don't know, that just stands out to me. Um, some other folks in the chat here. Uh, let's see, let's roll back up here for a minute. Let's just uh, throw out some names. I did want to mention Mike digital when I, when I said to, we demanded snug and smelly out of you, he said that was a uh, AKA Van Vader. And I, I did like that. <laughs> so I call you Doc Vader. Doc Vader. Um, let's see here. So uh, Dangerous Alliance. Oh yeah, that's that's definitely a big one. That uh, that's from my era. The times that I saw like some WCW, uh, uh, Polly Dangerously and his boys. That was actually what was that? That was like uh, I mean, at one point that was like Steve Austin and who else? Like Rick. Who, who was in the Dangerous Alliance? I'm trying to remember like all the members of was it that. In, was it Pillman in there for a minute? Yeah. I could be wrong about that. Yeah, yeah. I want to say that's the case. Um, yeah, look, it says, uh, so So it lists like different uh, versions of it, but in CW at, at any point, I'm um, seeing listed here according to the Wikipedia, which is always accurate. Uh, of course, the leaders poly dangerously, but at one point is Arn Anderson, Bobby Eaton, Larry Zabisco, Medusa, Michael P.S. Hayes, Rick Rude, and Steve Austin. That's a pretty that's a pretty stacked uh, lineup there. Yeah, yeah, I remember Rick Rude most prominently 
being part of the Dangerous Alliance. That was um, definitely my childhood. He was one of the, always one of the top heels and seeing him. Yeah, yeah. Rick Roots was so, a, There's a go good ahead. point brought up in the chat, uh, Mike Digital. He brought up the point that does, you know, does a stable, is, is a stable something that has a figurehead uh, like a Bobby Heenan or a Paul Ellering or something like that and a faction doesn't? It's just a group of wrestlers. Um, that could be a differentiator. I never really thought of it that way. Rob, what's your take Well, on but that? then what you would have is like the, the four horsemen at one point. I mean, J.J. Dillon has been the manager. Uh, so that's kind of weird because I would consider them like arguably the greatest faction, but you know, yeah. at any, at any group of four but, of them, there was also the fifth technically. That but was they JJ didn't Dillon. always, they didn't always have a figurehead though. Did they? I mean, not, uh, not I don't all, think they not always did. did. Yeah. Not always, but they, they almost always did. You had hero Matsuda and then you had woman uh, for a while playing that role. Um, all you would need to do though, to, to disprove that. And, and don't get me wrong. I think, you're right. There's not always a manager per se, but you always have a player manager, kind of like a Pete Rose who was manager and player at the same time. You always have like Ken Sullivan, for example, in his uh, organization, Kevin Sullivan played the role of the manager flair in the absence of a manager played that role. And all you have to do is point to one counter example to disprove the faction stable manager rule. And we, we obviously can do that. So certainly in, in wrestling, the, those kind of fixed uh, absolutes are, are very rarely the case, but I think you always have somebody that at least functionally serves in that role as the leader uh, uh, or the uh, the player manager. I don't know if that makes sense, but it's it's a, it's a fair distinction to draw. I don't, you know, I just think that when we get into separating stables and factions, we're really, you know, coming close to splitting hairs about about differences that aren't that big a deal. Right. Yeah, I mean, we got to mention the Von Ericks. I mean, that that definitely when you're looking at the scope of history, I mean, you got to bring up the Von Erich family as as a faction. Yeah. And yeah, so it's weird. That looks, I, I would never even think of them, but it, but it, I guess that makes perfect sense. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because they're a family, so we don't think of them as a faction. It's like they're 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 together out of necessity because they same share the same last name. But yeah. They had the legendary feud with uh, with uh, the Free Birds. They were perennially after the uh, you know Ric Flair's title, and of course Kerry finally won the belt. But uh, um, you know who's the leader of that faction? You know for a long time it was David Von Erich. Fritz obviously is the father figure, but he played a backstage role for much of that time. And then you know uh, Kerry was the one who won the belt, but Kevin was kind of the the statesman of the family. And so who was the leader of that? You know you don't have a clear cut manager per se other than maybe fritz as the promoter of the of the world class so really good point uh jtex was mentioned by the alliance blog uh the jtex corporation i is that the one with um was that in like gary hart like i i vaguely remember this one so this is this is getting into a higher level of education for the doc and a jcal i feel like um <laughs> Yeah, we, pull, we call in the uh, historical big guns for that one. <laughs> and Gary Hart, man, that's another one who, who you know, you're mentioning there with JTEC and everything that, uh, you know, his 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 work in world class primarily, that's what I'm familiar with, that, that body of work. He's done some other things, but, uh, you know, he had the Dingo Warrior and the Missing Link and, and, uh, and Rick Rude for a time. 
and uh, some other guys that were, uh, you know, it, it, one of the great, the sinister personalities. He always had that very, very dark horror movie, cult, cult movie almost like uh, gravitas about him. And so Gary Hart's another one that's one of the greats and, and whatever he was doing with his factions. So mm. that's a really good one. Um, Let's see. Who else is the chat mentioning? I don't want to leave you guys out. Um, I'm seeing all kinds of stuff. Hot Stuff International, the elite, yeah. the Russians. Uh, wait, who is that? The Russians, Barbarian, Baron Von Raschke, Manny Fernandez, and Shasta Watley. That's the army. That's, That's Paul, the, Jones. Yeah, Paul Jones army. Oh, yeah. I got gotcha. you. Okay, I'm with you. Um, Triple Threat and ECW. That was another one. Who was that? That was, that was Shane... Uh, Douglas and Bam Bam and am I, am I right on that? I forget who the other one was. Uh, and let's see. Uh, Varsity Squad. Yeah. Um, that was good stuff. Steiner, Steiner. Kevin Sullivan and uh, uh, oh, uh, Steve Williams. Yeah, Dr. Death. Dr. Death Williams. Yeah, was it? But wasn't uh irs in that too mike rotunda yes he he, he was when rick steiner left right 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 Mike front rotunda. row with the uh dropping the nation of uh domination in there so yeah absolutely one. you gotta you gotta mention them Some big now we're getting a little bit of that one now we're getting a little more recent i feel like we are following history now and we'll we'll end up in some of the modern <laughs> stuff but we gotta we definitely gotta cover well you think about the nation of I, I was just thinking about the nation of domination. I mean, you think about those guys. I mean, that that feels like like a shorter lived faction. I think even Front Row said that. But the um, you're talking about the Rock uh, and uh, Ron Simmons, and uh, you're talking about D'Lo Brown and Mark Henry. Like all of those guys, the Godfather was in there. Um, yep. All I mean, some of them under different names. Chris Candido was the other person, by the way, in ECW that I could not think of just a second ago. Uh, Skandar Akbar. Akbar had a stick. Yeah, yeah, I was just looking at that one. That was uh, in the AWA, I believe. Uh, is that right? Skandar's was... <clears throat> yeah. Uh, let's see here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw something else at you real quick. I got this... Uh, so WWE did a uh, 40 most dominant factions of all time series here. So that's what I was looking at. That's where that picture came from. So there you go. Some more four horsemen. I don't think there's actually like a real ranking here. I don't even remember that version of the four horsemen. Can we just acknowledge uh, our name? Was... <laughs> For real. Um, I don't remember. I thought I thought Sid and Barry like traded places. I didn't realize that. Like this, this is what I remember. Um, so where it's Arn and Tully, Flair and Barry Windham, and then you got JJ down there. So anyway, and my, and my for my money, that's the that's the best version of the Horsemen right there. Yeah, that's the ones they threw in the Hall of Fame, right? Yes. Um. There's the shield. Would have to acknowledge them. John Moxley, John Moxley, Seth Rollins, and uh, Roman Reigns. Looking, looking real happy to be alive. 
Oh, how about these guys? You remember these guys? Uh, oh, like yeah. JBL, when he was acting like a, a, a W. And uh, he had uh, Orlando. What's, what was his name? Orlando uh, Jones. And Bloom. Or is it? Orlando I, Bloom. <laughs> I always get confused with like Orlando Jordan and Orlando Jones. And like one of them was the uh, one of them was the uh, make seven up yours guy but I can't remember. <laughs> is that the JBL's cabinet is what they're calling that one. Yeah. There's evolution. Also worth mentioning, right? Is this boring that I'm just showing the pictures of people here? No, I feel like we're, we're watching like a slideshow of your vacation or something. <laughs> yeah, this is good. There we go. This is when we were walking out to the beach the first day. Uh, <laughs> you in the front? <laughs> yeah, that's me in the front. Uh, it's my dad behind me there looking confused. Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, this uh, is oh, this is the wolf pack. Yeah. What are you saying, Will? I mean, this is going to be the WWE. Uh, you know, version of the greatest factions. I don't think it's going to line up probably with with our viewpoint. They're they're definitely notable factions, but you know, it's going to be it's going to be their version of history. The flock. Yeah, there you go. How about that? What an easy job when they just had to sit out in the crowd all day. They just had to hang out ringside. There's your boys, oh, Will. Brood. I love the Brood. Hey, but I mean, I love the Brood just because of their theme song. That was the reason I liked them and the entrance. That was was the fanfare for me. Yeah, agreed. That guy, that one. Yep. Just those sunglasses they pick out. That was uh, spectacular. Rob, any uh, backstage stories you have with the Brood? No, no, I don't. I, I always kind of dug that too. I like the uh, the whole vampire gimmick. You know, I always, I always felt like the fire was sort of a safety hazard. But uh, now they're cool, man. They good looking guys, good workers, all of them individually. Gangrel and Edge and Christian, man, they were they were at one point, man, they were hotter than anybody. No pun intended there with the fire. See what I did? Should, should we should we wear matching blouses like they did? Maybe for our show. I love Man, how you know what? Blouse. Rob's like right there with the edge. Like he's <laughs> yeah. he's almost. <laughs> and that's kind of what Gary and I do with the denim. We kind of match. So that is us. <laughs> oh man, I'll the, stop I actually like, the I like for a bit. I and I agree with you. I think their freaking music was was awesome, man. Um, but we we talking about we got to throw up there when we're talking about greatest factions of all time. Though. I mean, we're going to settle on what the greatest faction of all time is, or can you even, is that even an argument that can even be settled upon? Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, there's so much, I mean, you can't really settle that, but I mean, that's why I started out with the question. I mean, is it the four horsemen? Like, I mean, is there any argument that it's not, you know, I'd like to see the argument against it. So I'd like for us just to set the horsemen aside because they like have, you know they have like a place of honor so the, the horsemen notwithstanding i think at the this is the nwa podcast we agree on that of course there may be some difference of opinion in the chat out there in the the larger community but uh 
But the, the, the horsemen notwithstanding, take them out of the equation. Who's the greatest faction? Hmm. That's a tough one. I mean, if you're talking about, obviously you're talking about all through history. Um, I mean, my gut would say the Freebirds just because of the impact and, you know, their, their body of work. Um, but I mean, you know, and this, this may be way out of left field, but I mean, the NWO kind of changed wrestling, you know, I mean, when, when the outsiders invaded and, you know, we saw Hogan as a heel for the first time. I mean, you know, as much as, as that eventually obviously led to the collapse, not the NWO specifically, but, you know, the WCW eventually collapsed. And, um, you know, now we, knowing that, that it ended so, so poorly, uh, we kind of judge it a little differently. But I mean, you, you think about in the, in the heyday of the 90s, where the NWO was kind of the top of the game in wrestling. I mean, we can't, we can't leave them out of the discussion as one of the greatest factions of all time, just because of that impact. I just want to say like right off the bat, how impressed I am that we've gotten this far into the conversation and one name has not come up that I'm surprised of. And it came up in the chat earlier from the opposite person of who you would have thought would have brought it up. And I'm talking about strictly business, <laughs> uh, wrestling with the MMA brought up strictly business right off the top in the chat there. And, uh, Rob hasn't yet to bring them up. And so, uh, that's, uh, that's very I mean, they're, interesting. They're obviously they're the one in, in the rebrand, they're sort of the only faction that we've really had yet, I guess, uh, unless you, you know, you had Aaron Stevens and question mark and question mark junior that came out uh, <laughs> there, but, uh, but really they're the only faction, but no, they're, they're, they're just not in that discussion yet. Uh, I think, you know, this is one of those things where they could certainly materialize and, and be great. Uh, the, uh, you know, you got to have some, we got to get all the belts on them and they certainly have the talent to do it. But right now the, the, the elder statesman, the governing principle uh, that makes strictly business worth talking about is, is Nick Aldis. And so, um, you come out and you don't have a faction. Something much like, I guess, the horseman Flair, but you could argue that Arne Anderson was very essential to that too, as much as Flair was. Um, but so I, I don't, I don't put strictly business. I mean, they're 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 the faction. They're the only faction in a, in a very slim pool of fa factions, I guess, that we haven't talked about since the rebrand began. Uh, and we'll see what happens. You know, the the, the future will will bear that out. But uh, they're not in one of the greats right now. I mean, I would say that. Yeah. Um, what about uh, what uh, Front Row mentioned? The NWO at one point had 62 members. That's that's impressive. Yeah, and that's and that's what I say. That's also what I mean when I say like we know where it ended up. You know, it basically became just like everyone in WCW was in the NWO, and there was like three people that weren't, and it was just that was kind of everything was going downhill but uh, you know nwo when i think of the nwo i think of the outsiders you know nash and hall i think of hollywood hogan um bischoff and uh maybe like the giant big show i was gonna say maybe the giant would be thrown in there yeah but i mean for some that, reason that's conan kind of for me like always rolls like around in the original brain. nwo you know that that's kind of what i picture and and i know there was other people in and out but those were kind of the ones that 
I would consider original NWO. It was kind of crazy at one point. I remember just watching WCW and it had blown up so much that, of course, it split off into the Wolfpack and you had the NWO Hollywood, NWO Wolfpack. At one point, you had the Latino World Order and there was, um, I feel like there was even more versions of that. I know there was like the BWO, but I think that was ECW. And uh, it was just kind of crazy. Uh, literally today, like after work, I was sitting at my computer and I was watching something and I fell asleep and I woke up to WWE network having rolled through on YouTube. And it was, um, it was from uh, WCW road wild. Um, and it was Goldberg versus NWO Wolfpack and NWO Hollywood. So it was like a, a triple threat, like over the top rumble kind of thing or something. It was kind of crazy. Whatever happened to Scott Norton? Where is that guy at? Because I remember I was, him in the NWO, and I love that guy. I just pulled him up. I just pulled him up on my phone. Is he Scott working Norton. for WWE? Like, wasn't he in the NWO? <laughs> he was. He was. He was in that matchup, and Scott Norton just looked like he could punch down a freaking brick wall. Like he just, he looked like a tough dude. So anyway, he always stood out to me when I was younger. I remember really digging that guy. And I loved using him on Bagwell, WCW man. versus Buff the Bagwell world. Was a NWO. <laughs> yeah, he, he would be original too. I mean, I, I can I he's he sticks out of my mind, but so we've narrowed it down to 60 original members of the 62 that ultimately <laughs> 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 to me to me the NWO uh, is Scott Hall. Uh, uh, Kevin Nash and Hogan and Bischoff. That's it. Everybody else is uh, even six. Everybody yeah. else is a, uh, you know they're not the they're not the outsiders and, and Hogan. The outsiders Hogan and Bischoff. That's the NWO. Yeah. Um, my my thing would be I I think it's worth going back. I mean we we talked about them briefly just as I was scrolling through the slideshow there, but uh, dude, evolution is something to think about. I don't know that it played out exactly how they wanted it to, but when you think about the idea of what I think it was intended to be, where you've got like Ric Flair being the legend and like uh, Triple H being the current guy on top and then the two new up and coming people. I think probably the idea essentially was probably going to be Randy Orton was the next star and Batista was just the muscle, but it kind of played out that uh, both of them were just elevated by that um, whole thing. I mean, that's a when you look back, like that's a that's a stacked faction right there, and they kept it they kept it locked down. I mean, it was it was those four, and they worked together pretty well. So, I was a I was a fan of uh, what they were doing. It's got a brand new Motorhead song. Yeah, this goes back to this the the influence of the Horsemen because the Horsemen obviously were heavily influential to the NWO and uh, and uh, they had a great war with the, the NWO there when the, with Dean Malenko and those guys and um, then D-Generation X you know kind of formed in response to that and then Evolution kind of formed out of response to that you know and you have this whole kind of this lineage that roots back in the in the horsemen and this goes back to what we were saying before about how you can't you can't even have a discussion about factions without looking at the horsemen as the perennial great all time, you know, so much influence. And, and most of those guys will tell you too, even though there was some, some personal heat there between members of the NWO and the horsemen, um, the influence is, is obvious writ large across any screen that you, you ever saw them on. 
let's see. Uh, I wonder who. Let's let's refer back to the chat, folks. If you haven't already and you're in here, hit subscribe. Please, we love you guys. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Freebird's getting a lot of love in the chat. Uh, wow, Mahler like Demolition better than the Road Warriors. Wow. That is, I think you're disappointing somebody in here. What about the job squad? Says wrestling with MMA. The job squad. Remember wow. those guys? <laughs> Al Snow. Al Snow. Um, oh, Dave Will says Scott Norton has a book. He's got it. Recommends it. Buy it. Good stuff. He was also on Dark Side of the Ring. How about that? One of the one of the funnest factions to watch, and, and, and I know they they intermittently aligned with Paul Jones and the Army, but uh, Ivan Koloff, Nikita Koloff, and Crusher Khrushchev for the Russians. And at one point, I think Don Kronodal was there with Ivan. Uh, the Russians, man, I, that that's like one of the first organizations that as a kid that I, I was like afraid of. I was terrified of Nikita and Ivan. Um, when we'd go to the local Coliseum to see them, man, it's one of the ones where I, I wouldn't want to get anywhere around those guys. And they had some epic, just titanic, colossal, feuds with the road warriors and and uh you know the rock and roll express and man tag team tag team and faction wrestling back in those days was the best that, it, that it's ever been it was so good yeah i think it's one thing that's missing or at least it's not done super well now it's kind of one of those you know i mean you guys know my thoughts on tag team wrestling i think factions fall right in there as something that is a fine art in wrestling they can be really bad or they can be really good um and it's i i don't think it's as valued in current wrestling as it used to be i mean you there you know you had all kind of factions historically and uh now it seems like some of them are just thrown together every now and now and again you know there's ones that are worth talking about or that have some value but especially when you look at WWE and I don't mean to, to pick on them or harp on them or anything like that, but I mean, they are the most visible wrestling promotion and, you know, there's like these factions that'll show up and they'll be around for a month and then they'll just disband. And it's just like, you know, th there's not the, the longevity and the gravitas that factions had historically. And, uh, you know, I mean, is there any factions, obviously we talked about Strictly Business as kind of the only faction really in the NWA in this modern iteration of it, but are there any factions that stand out to you guys' minds in the last like five years, even in other promotions? I mean, obviously the Bullet Club is mentioned here. I mean, that's kind of a, uh, it's a, it's a that one's almost larger. I mean, it, it, it spanned a couple of different promotions, um, the elite, you know, that we have in all elite, but are there any other noteworthy factions that stick out in you guys mind over over recent history well we saw photos of the shield earlier i mean i think they're worth mentioning the shield would definitely be a big shield. one you got uh the inner circle and you've got villain enterprises um are both very notable factions you know um villain enterprises a stack man with yep. pco and uh Brody King and of course Marty Skrull, they are stacked as a faction. Um, but you know, 
the freaking the inner circle, man. <laughs> you know, they're, they're one of the most entertaining and they are running roughshod over all of AEW right now. I mean, I was trying to think, um, I mean, would if, you in, in WWE? I mean, the new day would be top of the list for me, just, you know, in terms of that entertainment value and the, the skill and just how they work together and the, the presence that they bring. Um, but I mean, I'm just thinking, you know, in WWE, has there been any, any factions besides now I could just be blanking or I could just be blocking out, you know, that besides the shield and the new day, I mean, has there been any worthwhile factions in the WWE? Um, you mean in the last like few years? Yeah. I mean, last like five years. Huh? It's a good question. I don't know. Now I'm going to pull that uh, slideshow back up and start scrolling through it. Uh, to see because i remember the mcmahon family obviously and you know like you well, you would i guess the wyatt family yeah the wyatt family so there is that i mean dx has popped up from time to time i don't think you'd count them though since they weren't started in the last like five years jcal says the club in wwe i mean you know, I, I guess he's referring to the OC, I guess, as they were called in the later days. I mean, yeah, but I mean, that just, that didn't really, I don't know. It didn't feel like a faction to me. I mean, I know it was, but I mean, it it's felt like. like a, uh, it's almost like a, like a club almost because it spans so many different organizations. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like you had guys out in New <laughs> Japan. It's happening but, uh, right now. It's almost like a yeah. club, man. Oh, you yeah. mean the club? I mean, like the bully club, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like it's almost like the psychotronic lit society, <laughs> you know. Where, uh, <laughs> you know where people are signed you. up, but you know. Yeah. It's, it's... <laughs> All right, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get offended no, no, no. at us. That you mind. just like <laughs> you just drove this car right off a cliff, and then you got mad at us because we're about to die. <laughs> just... Who's mad? Who mad? <laughs> <laughs> what's hey, in that man. right hand rob what's down there in that right hand uh yeah. <laughs> it opened something <laughs> um well, my other right hand <laughs> this is a, a kentucky bourbon barrel ale oh yeah Un undisputed era i totally you know i guess next but undisputed era for sure man i mean that's uh definitely worth mentioning they are how did that not come up yeah i don't know i mean when i think of wwe i kind of disconnect it from nxt i know it's the same company but it just feels like a different different league all right fair enough what i was trying to say about the club thing <laughs> was like <laughs> oh, <here we> <laughs> was like, like everybody's been in that man from the from the young bucks to you know, everybody's been in the club. It's not really a fashion. It's more of a, it's like an organ. It's like a, it's like a club. It's an organization. It's like it's a literary that's, society. That's the yeah. one, Gary. The oddities. <laughs> there you go. There you go. That's the real club. We Rob. figured out the one faction that's better than the Four Horsemen. <laughs> <laughs> was wait, Sean was Sable in with the oddities? <laughs> I don't think so. And we're talking about, and we got masked wrestlers in there too. So that's good. Yeah. What is this? It's just a Jim Cornette stable. 
Um, does does that count? I don't. Vader and Bulldog. Oh, how tag, about right to Sitzer? Right? Uh, oh yeah, man. There you That's go. That's what I imagine, Gary. If I ever see you in a suit, I imagine it doesn't have sleeves under it. <laughs> You're probably right. It's uh, I got the uh, Val Venus. Uh, God, I, re- I wish I wish I could remember all their names. Like I can't. I th- feel like uh, Val Venus kept his, but like remember the Godfather got turned into the Good Father. Mm. <laughs> the Stephen Richards. Jcal, there was a faction of uh, the Blue Bloods, maybe where like Ricky Morton joined it, and turned heel on Robert, and became uh, like Earl Richard Morton or something like that, Lord Richard Morton, um, at some point. Um, and I think you had like uh, there, there are two or three. They, they did this whole like British thing, you know, like uh, kind of like the British invasion thing that Aldous and and uh, Doug Williams had done. What was that called, man? I think it was called the Blue Bloods. Maybe I'm wrong. I... That does sound that does sound familiar. There's your uh, your Russians. Russians there. Yes, Crusher Khrushchev. Who, would Who are these guys? Member of demolition. What was this team? Come on, chat room. Where are you at? <laughs> this was a faction. Lance Storm, Test, and Christian. Hmm. Does it have a name? WWE photo was that their name? Wait, Steve William Regal was there with them. Un Americans. I do remember that now that I see his shirt. I do That's recall what, that. Yes, uh, and a cow point out, yeah, it was the York Foundation that he joined as uh, as Richard Morton. That's right. That's right. Yeah. That was kind of an era that I I was uh an Earl of Eaton uh was in the Blue Bloods. Um mm. That's kind of a time in wrestling that I was starting to I was starting to get a little discouraged there for about two or three years, um, but yeah. So interesting stuff. So there's a couple of of tag teams here with a manager. Is that considered a stable or a faction? I mean, it's a tag team. Yeah, it's just be a tag team with a with a manager, right? Yeah, that's what I would think. Uh, so I don't know about that Vader and Bulldog thing. Now, these guys I do remember, and I was going to bring them up earlier. It's almost like an early version of the NWO before the NWO was a thing. But remember when Million Dollar Man had, like, the Million Dollar Corporation or something? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So he had, like, Kama, the Supreme Fighting Machine, and uh, I think IRS was there, but Sid Vicious and One, Two, Three Kid. They had King Kong Bundy at one point, I recall, as well. And uh, I remember because they they buried the Undertaker. I remember it was like all of them teamed up to like uh, like King Kong Bunny stole the urn or something. And I don't know. I think Yokozuna helped them. You can tell when we get to WWE stuff. Like Rob is like, I don't care about any of this. <laughs> nah. But this is garbage. But there's some boys we mentioned earlier. There's a free birds right there. He's good looking. Yeah. One of the greats right there. Of course, Buddy Buddy Roberts not pictured, pictured in that. I gotta get some fingerless gloves. Nexus, that's one. We have Yeah. Done. How about the Nexus? Yeah. Look at that. He's been a while. Here. Man, he hung around for a while till that recent drop. Like he what was it? Like fifteen years almost or something, wasn't he? 
Yeah, I mean, he was like the last remaining guy from that faction, right? Yeah. Uh, Stu Bennett there in the center. Man, I thought he was going to be like top, top heel uh, in the WWE. And I think it was like injuries that set him back. But uh, Justin Gabriel's in there over on the left. Uh, he was He's in uh, Ring of Honor now. Uh, um, and I just, his name just slipped my mind. Uh, but he's faced Nick Aldis for the uh, 10 pounds of gold, I recall, in a match. David Otunga, Ryback. But I think at this time he was known as Skip Sheffield. And he would say, uh, yip, 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 what it do? I remember that. Horrible. <laughs> Can't I don't imagine like, why that didn't I don't, work. I don't, I don't, I don't like that. I don't, like, like, I don't like anybody who wear, wears armbands. <laughs> God, well, wow. <laughs> no, that was such a hot button issue. I mean, we're all thinking. <laughs> I, I, was like, I was like, you can't wear armbands, dude. So we don't have to like to parties that wear armbands. I guess I'll take, <laughs> I I guess I'll take those. Uh, this is the NWA podcast armbands out of our uh, online store that we're going to launch. <laughs> Where did that come from? I did not know there was <laughs> Rob's disgust. You never, you never know the take. You never know. You never know the take you're going to get from Rob, and I mean that Rob, <laughs> in an endearing way. It's like my brain when I see something that goes through a couple filters first, and usually the first is like <laughs> some some sort of historical or or sociological topic, just because that's my area of, of specialized study. So I'm like, what is this? What are these jokers? These these militants out here in armbands? That's not good. <laughs> Oh I don't like God. armbands. The Darewolf. Yeah, the Darewolf. I uh I do recall that Crypto Zumaler. Thank you for that. Uh also um Alliance Block says Michael Tarver, who was in the Nexus, ended up representing NWA in New Japan. Um and Damian Redman in the chat. Thank you, Damian. He said uh that team we were looking at was actually Camp Cornette. And it was Bulldog and Owen and Yoko, who was later replaced by Vader. Okay. okay. So, that makes yeah, more sense. So I was weird. just confused by some of those pictures that it appeared to just be a tag team with a manager. But, yeah, I, I agree. That's not really a faction. So, I guess there was more to it. Yeah, interesting. All right. What else? What else? Do you remember who, uh, you know, I do recall this moment though uh, that we're seeing this attack here. And I don't remember if this is the exact moment of the attack, but you remember who's missing from this group that's never in these pictures. And that was, that was Daniel Bryan, right? Because he choked out Justin Roberts outside the ring with a necktie. Remember that? And it turns out can't be choking anybody. Yep. And it's like so for me, I'm him. just like, man, this went through like eight, nine levels of like production vetting, and no one said, Hey, maybe let's not do armbands. Is that down? Am I the only one who thinks that that's like that's not a good look? Yes. <laughs> okay. Oh my god. <laughs> All I know is right now that we are getting these armbands made and it's gonna yeah. be required for the live shows. You have to wear them. I want, I want, we're going to, those are going to be given away, by the way, in, in, uh, for free to anybody who 
enjoys the show so that you can all show up at live NWA events with this is the NWA armbands on. <laughs> just to um, see Rob's head explode. <laughs> and I gotta say this, I don't think I don't think this is out of the way, but have has anybody else always just thought that Darren Young looked like a ultra tan John Cena? Like he just does. No. Nah. <laughs> I see it. I'm gonna go hard no on that one. <laughs> All right. Well, just me. Hey, here's these guys. The tri- were they called the triad or something like that? Or the Jersey triad. I think somebody actually mentioned that in the uh, chat. Bam, bam. And uh, DDP and uh, Canyon. There. Who better than Canyon? I love Canyon, man. He's he's one of those ones. That's I always like Canyon. We never, we don't, he didn't get a, a, a enough due, man. But Canyon was, he was money every time, man. They knew he was good too, uh, you know. In my my other show with the the movies, we did uh, Ready to Rumble not too long ago. Like he choreographed all of that stuff, um, like the fight scenes or the wrestling scenes. Mm-hmm. D D P. Bam looks so much smaller than I remember him feeling like he was there. It's like he lost a bunch of weight. Also. Scalp tattoos. That's where it's at. <laughs> and fingerless gloves. We got to bring fingerless gloves back. I mean, this that's the thing here. Here's the Dungeon of Doom. That's about as goofy as you're ever going to see Ming look. Yeah. That's the guy that will, like, rip your nose off. <laughs> he's, just, he's all in on that. I don't... What? Was Zeus in the... In the Dungeon of Doom? Is that who this is? Why is Jimmy Hart there? What is this? <laughs> what is happening? Rob, <laughs> Rob, tell us. Rob, that's the horse. Rob, what's going on here? That's the horseman. <laughs> that's that's the horseman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this has to be some sort of uh, rendition of. Uh, gosh, man, I, I, I need. We need Jake Cal. Who is that? That. that Dungeon of Doom, man. They're, they're, that doesn't look like an iteration of Dungeon of Doom that I remember. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. But that's like Barbarian back there and Kevin Sullivan, Arn Anderson. That's definitely Zeus with his drawn-on eyebrows. <laughs> looking good. Jimmy Hart, though, of all people. And uh, and then that guy, that that other guy, the, I don't know who that is at all. I don't know. Uh, getting in the chat uh, that it was the Jim Hurd era. James Lawrence said, "Is that the name of the faction, the Jim Hurd era?" <laughs> <laughs> That's that, great. Because <laughs> that would be the pretty Alliance fantastic. To end Hulkamania. That's what it was. The Alliance to end Hulkamania. Okay. No, I think that's right. I'm not going to be able to confirm. Who's next? So, what is happening here? Hmm. They drawn and quartered somebody. Look like. Oh, there you go. There's the new blood. Remember them? Oh yeah. 
I just got to look real quick. Are we losing everybody? Is everybody still here? <laughs> no, we're, the still, we're still going strong, man. This will be a new segment. We'll uh, just go through pictures and talk about them. Uh, so, okay. Help me out here. There's Chuck Palumbo. Uh, there's jo- Johnny the Bull, I think. And, uh, and then uh, Mark Jindrak, Sean O'Hare. That's above average Mike Sanders. And that's Sean Stasiak, and I cannot remember the bald dude. The the guy who looks like he would not be hanging out with any of these other people. <laughs> I don't I don't know who it is. Uh Dave Will says the muscular guy was Mr. Jeep Swinson, who was later like the ultimate solution or something. They got heat because that was something out of Nazi Germany and changed his name to something else. Oh. Boom! There you go. So no. Thank one you, Damian no. Redman. Where did you come from, buddy? Reno was this guy's name. I do remember that now. Now that you say it, Reno was the uh, bald guy here. Johnny the Bull Stramboli should have been a star. I, you know what I remember about him most? Besides, I did like him, and he teamed with uh, Big Vito. I remember for a while there. They had the 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 main event. No, not the main event mafia, but they were. Or something like that, like the the mafia or something, and um, but I remember he did the flying leg drop, which was super impressive. But do you remember he did it to the outside of the ring at one point? Uh, does anybody remember that chat? I hope you remember that. Somebody was outside the ring and he did the flying leg drop, like off the top ropes to the outside of the ring where it is concrete. And it's a flying leg drop. And I'm pretty sure that's the last time I ever saw him. Because yeah, because why would you do that? That is, he he broke his ass, is what I'm trying to say. Ooh. There was a huge crack in it. God. <laughs> oh, you guys. <laughs> I had idiot. to add that last part in. I just I couldn't have... <laughs> it's funny dude we're all giggling like 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 nine-year-old boys uh, <laughs> oh man but how clever of a name was above average mike sanders above average it was all right <laughs> you know i mean shadow hair lived near me for a little while he was like uh, i had a friend who was doing uh was a stylist and he came through he was like big in that world for a little while there he changed his name to sean Hare, which was super clever considering and uh but yeah unfortunately he had a lot of personal demons but that guy was i remember him being uh just a big dude but he was like dropping swantons on people and stuff fbi is who i was trying to think of earlier thank you all right let's move on natural born thrillers Oh, wait. I, that's what I meant. They were the natural born thriller. I think I said new blood, but that wasn't them. They weren't the new blood. They were the natural born thrillers. New blood was like when Kidman and everybody started teaming up to take out Hogan and the old guys. Alliance Block's telling us, as Jake House says, originally the role of Mike Sanders was rumored to go to Scrap Iron Adam Pierce. You're learning something, people. You're learning something. Did anybody have we mentioned 
have we mentioned like the Heart Foundation tonight at all? No, and I don't know why. What in the world are we talking about, guys? We're talking about the new blood who, and we're not. We haven't mentioned the Heart Foundation. There we're is. giving we're Brown giving all this to these armband wearing. <laughs> Oh, it's Bret Hart. That's what's up. Oh, I thought it was Jason Voorhees, man. Bret I was like, Bret Hart. We're about Hart's to lose Gary. We're about to lose Gary. <laughs> oh, I'm talking about mass wrestlers tonight. <laughs> it's just so dawned on me. It's like, wait a second. Now we haven't talked about the Hart Foundation. Yeah, that's a big miss on our part. We're, we're, we're yeah, sorry. that was a good one. I put this uh, on J Cal though, because J Cal would should have been on top of that. That's not on us. We're out here doing the heavy work, and he should have been. Keeping us on yeah. our P's and Q's. Yeah, if there's anything about our show that you guys don't know. Oh, Jake Cal's, Cal's fault. Jake Cal definitely says he mentioned uh, the Heart Foundation already. So. Oh, God. That's on us. That's on us. <laughs> That's on us. We'll take that one. Yeah. Which started, of course, as a tag team with Jim the Anvil Nightheart and Brett the Hitman Heart, but later became like an actual stable uh, with uh, other people. <laughs> with uh, Brent the Hibbert Hart, Jim yeah. Hart, Owen Hart, British Bulldog, Brian Pillman. Uh, I'm missing Jimmy somebody. Hart. Jimmy um, Hart was managing British Bulldog, I think you said. Um, yeah. Man, uh, we actually went to, um, when we went to, we took the girls to New York City the year before last, the year that WrestleMania was in uh, New York. And uh, um, we went, we didn't go to WrestleMania, but we went to the Hall of Fame induction. The, and this the night that Hart, uh, Bret Hart got jumped on, on the podium. You know, so that's, anyway, I don't know. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you should mute his mic before he just walks out. <laughs> Screw you guys. <laughs> He's done with it, man. He's embarrassed. <laughs> oh, man. I wish I could just. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know I could do that till just now. Uh, <laughs> here, okay. oh, <laughs> <I guess>. <laughs> sorry. No, I had to go. I had to go. Uh... Oh, look at that! Nice. Okay, okay. Yeah, I like it. So bad now. Go ahead, put it on. Put it on, Will. Right now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh man i used to always want one of the uh the hitman jerseys for like his hockey team um remember that commercial uh, man when he goes to he's walking to the ring and he takes his glasses off and he gives it to the kid you know that i was wondering yeah, yeah, yeah. those glasses dude bret hart man Oh. <laughs> why, why, why is it just showing me now? <laughs> it's still just. <laughs> it's fine. It's what the people I figured want. out some tricks. It's what the yeah, people yeah, want. Yeah. We're all in trouble because Gary has now learned how to use Zoom, and <laughs> he's gonna just randomly start sharing his screen now all the time, and just cut us off. And it's. Well, it was just funny. Rob was like right in the middle of telling a story, and you made enough noise that it switched <laughs> to just your empty desk. <laughs> you know, you're just like, uh, and Rob's just like, "Well, I guess I'll just uh, 
I'll just go screw myself, I guess. <laughs> you guys, you guys think I sit here and listen to Rob talk? No, no. Now you know. Every time Rob talks, I just get up and leave the room, and I come back. When I'm, <laughs> I'm telling you guys. Uh, oh my god! All right. So uh, what's next? What do, do I need to go back to more uh, photos for you guys? <laughs> it's still Rob. Say something. It's what the people want, man. No, you got it locked <laughs> on me. I don't know how I did that. Well, I don't. I don't. Lucky for all uh, these people, they get to look at me the rest of the time. Cancel. Oh, there we go. Did that work? All right. <laughs> uh, guys, we get loopy. It's getting late now. I don't mind. Y'all can put it on me for a while. That's cool. West Texas oh, Rednecks. Ooh. All right. I, I gotta be honest with you. I don't even remember who everybody is. I mean, I know that's like Kurt Hittig, and that's like one of these is Kendall Wyndham. I feel like that's the one on the left, and I, I can't remember who. Well, there's Barry Wyndham, obviously. But I don't remember. Do you guys remember? Mm-mm. Rob, where were you during all of this? Was this like when you were overseas? Probably deployed. Yeah. <laughs> okay. They'll say you look like every time you see one of these, you're like, oh, I have no idea what that is. I'm like, this is someone did that. I'm like, I'm still stuck on armbands, man. I'm like, what is this? This is the. This is like the WWE, the faction known as the WWE. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is actually the Alliance. This is when uh, WCW and ECW, uh, after they both got purchased by the WWE, they uh, joined together to form the the alliance to try to take over WWE or F or whatever it was at the time. And then Stone Cold turned on everybody and uh, became their leader. And they had that weird segment where they sang Wind Beneath My Wings. It was real weird. I do recall that. Here's the chat room. Uh, let's Bobby see. Joe Hendry, Bobby Duncan, yeah. Rap is crap. I remember that. Mm-hmm. This is where J. Cal got his name for his blog, The Alliance. Man, I always nope. thought that was a Star Wars reference, J. Cal. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Look at DDP there. He's just looking fed up with it. WCW. There's Chavo back there. Stasiak. And uh, Shadow here. Billy Kidman. Some Booker T. He had the, the WCW title and the US title there. Anyway. I, I hated that. I hated that WCW logo. Yeah, it's kind of stupid looking. I just didn't like it. Who are these guys? Yeah, just kidding. I love the free birds. <laughs> this is not the free birds, bro. Yes, it is. That's a. Uh... I guess that's called Team Edge. I don't know really what that was called. Did they have a name? La Familia. What? Really? 
I, I don't recall that. I mean, Vicky Guerrero, Teddy Long there, Chavo. Were fascinating, man, though. Some of these, like, bring back weird-ass memories that I forgot about. I do love Edge wearing the Chavo shirt, though. That's nice. And he has a luchador belt buckle. I've got a... You know what? I'm just going to get up. See ya. All right. <laughs> I heard that. <laughs> just going to leave it on that. <laughs> Yeah, oh, there he is. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. I'm here uh, representing Manscaped. <laughs> we're gonna get. We're gonna do a Manscaped deep dive here for the rest uh, of the night. Okay, let's uh, unspotlight that video. I want to show you guys. Uh, last time we were in Tulum, Mexico, I picked up this really awesome set of uh, coasters, and they are all like little. Oh, nice. Luchador uh, mask. You know. I don't want to break the original packaging, but you can kind of see, and they got different colors. You, know, you got a uh, an orange, a green, a purple. Some say purple. I say periwinkle. Um, you got a yellow. <laughs> it's cool. I love talking to Rob. Yeah, he's he fun. Oh man, y'all are y'all are Hey, so I, <laughs> I, I got being something. Serious. I, I got something. Uh, you know, we were talking, we were joking about factions called the WWE, and then there was the WCW faction did you guys know because i didn't know this until i was looking at some some lists online but the nwa was a faction in wwe at one point yes yes i didn't know that i, I don't yeah remember. i actually wanted to bring that up yeah go ahead they though. brought they brought ricky and robert in yeah um you know and uh, uh yeah it was a faction it was actually and that's what uh, we made that point uh on a couple of shows ago on a on a uh podcast called this is the nwa podcast where we said that uh, one of the reasons that we called the uh, the wilderness years the wilderness years was because it's because there was a time when the NWA was used as a gimmick almost um, yeah. like a faction like it was in the WWF at the time I suppose. Well, here's the write up in this in this blog post I found it says the NWA faction failed to connect with WWE fans likely due to featuring wrestlers such as an increasingly unmotivated Barry Windham. Uh, the aging Rock and Roll Express. Now, if they were aging back then, what are they now? Uh, and the decently talented, decidingly uncharismatic Dan Severn. So wow, they were. Uh... Sorry, J. Cal. I know he left, but they hold on. They called Dan Severin un uncharismatic. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! Oh, and Jeff Jarrett. I don't want to hear anybody talk sh shade on Dan Severance ever again. Severance. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. That is for you guys. Don't know that is Jay Cal's man right there. He 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 loves uh, Dan Severon, and uh, <laughs> and they should and he should he should. What is happening? Uh, that's uh, the new Midnight Express, but no, allow me. Read. Let's see. Let's see what we get here. Ooh, this is dangerous. You got safe search on? I know. I think this is uh, the new British Invasion, which has uh, our champion Nick Aldis in it. Uh, uh, that's right. That's Tom Short. <laughs> <Tom Hort. laughs> that's right. <laughs> 
By the way, I don't know if you noticed, but I think the champ has joined us in the chat, guys. That's that's why I'm doing this, Rob. But thanks oh. for catching up. Oh, that is a, that is the joke. <laughs> man, I'm, I'm done, man. I'm just going to sit here and just be. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, yeah, but double double J was was in this. Am I still screen sharing here? There's, there's double J. I, it's the worst picture. There you go. Yeah. You guys got to go back if you haven't. You're in the chat. Go back and listen to the uh, "What's Causing All This" episode uh, with Doug Williams when they actually go uh, go into uh, the British invasion and, and all that. And uh, uh, there's a point where where all this talks about how uh, there was a recommendation. I can't remember. Maybe I'm confusing episodes, but they were like, "Hey, call call somebody a bloke or something." It's like, well, that's not what typically we say. You don't go and just say, "Hey, bloke." Um, so it's kind of fun but i love that that talk about british invasion oh look at that like oh, popped right up with their doug oh, williams wants nwa title showdown with nick aldis of course there's something does. to look forward to maybe that'll still happen just kick back in you know nick it's you're saying that right as we get to the British invasion stuff, that this is fascinating. So I don't know if you realize how that looks. I'm just saying. Uh, there we go. There we go. Look at that baby face, Nick Aldis, Doug Williams, and Rob Terry, I believe. Uh, it's a very, very big, big boy. But uh, they were very successful. So. Uh, just give them their uh, just do. They had some epic, epic matches with uh, beer money. Um, that is correct. Yeah, so it's really under underlooked, man. That, I mean, legitimately. I mean, that we. I'm surprised that hadn't come out. But is that? I guess there's three men in it, so it's a faction. Yeah, but there was another version of this British invasion. I'm pretty positive, and maybe the champ can shed some light on this. I'm missing it. I'm finding. I'm trying to find pictures of it. I remember. I feel like. Or no, maybe I'm thinking of it was called like the Elite or something like that, but not the Elite like you're thinking of. But it had like. Uh, just trust me on this. I'm trying to find it right now as. We're talking but uh but i can't i can't remember maybe all can tell us I, I i should have researched this uh a little bit better but uh huh. i had like I, I want i swear to god it had like homicide and uh eric young and uh anyway but yeah, see, Nick Aldis is saying in the chat, we were part of a short-lived stable called the World Elite. There you go. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. Hmm. Yeah, thanks, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> there you I'm go. I'm just thinking out loud. Look at that. Really weird editing job on this picture. Aldis looks like he is a very tiny man. And that one. Gosh, man, it's fascinating. 
I'm not. I'm, I'm serious, man. <laughs> like, hey, champ, if you're still in the chat, who is your favorite uh, faction? We've uh, we've gone through a ton. I mean, we're you're you're hitting us right now. You're like coming in at the uh, latter part of the evening where we have like gone through every faction we could possibly think of. Uh, did you guys establish who your favorite faction actually is, though? I mean, we we took out four horsemen out of the equation because that felt obvious for everybody. Yeah, so no, did you I have said, like I said the Freebirds if the four horsemen are out of the equation. The free birds. Yeah, I don't think that applied uh, today. Not with the uh, the flag and such. Yeah, uh, I like the free birds. Throw that out there. <laughs> well, and, it, but, and yet you got the arm bands. <laughs> oh yeah, you know, y'all were all bragging about earlier. So, nobody <laughs> <laughs> was bragging I, about arm bands. <laughs> I like. Well, if birds. you take anything away from this episode this week, is that. Rob has a huge problem with arm bands for some reason, and we don't know why. So he's disgusted with the Nexus. He thinks they're the worst. Rob, I have a question. Are you okay with wristbands? Wristbands so, are cool, man. And and that's not part of the arm? So that wouldn't be considered an armband? Mm, dang, I hate when you do that. <laughs> um I mean I like the free birds. Uh I like the free birds a lot. Uh <laughs> I'm trying to get this back on. <laughs> I like the Freebirds a lot, but really, uh, like one of the most entertaining factions was the Paul Jones Army. Man, I felt like the I really liked uh, Jimmy Valiant. I thought all those all that stuff was so meaningful. The hair versus hair matches, the the bringing in of Big Mama, uh, seeing the the the, the Shaska Watley or the Pistol Pez Watley and the Manny Fernandez heel turns. That was completely unexpected because Manny Fernandez was so beloved and and Pistol Pez was so beloved. That was pretty pretty freaking cool, man. I mean, I, I like the the Paul Jones Army uh, faction. That was that was kind of neat. Yeah, I um, I. So I wanted to point out that in the chat, uh, the champ has chimed in with his, and he said, uh, Four Horsemen is they're the goats, DX Freebirds, and he thought the corporation was low key cool AF. So, uh, yeah. And I'm, I'm with you on the corporation, actually. We didn't even talk about the ministry, by the way. Mm. Much less the corporate ministry. But yeah. where was Rob Stinson at that time? Like, I love Rob when you get him riled up about some uh, stuff that offends him. How did you feel about that stone cold angle with the ministry? I, you know, I, it's one of those things where I, I and I'm not trying to throw shade on anybody or offend anybody or anything like that, or people have their taste, but for me, like at that point in my life, I wasn't as offended as I'm not offended at it. It's just to me, it's not palatable for me in my household where I'm at now. You know, at the time, you know, I, I bought into all. I mean, I was as into that. You know, I was just I was I was at a different place then, and uh, you know, I wasn't trying to safeguard uh, and control the content that my kids are absorbing that kind of thing. So you know, I, I was never really offended by it. Uh, but now, you know, it's those things when we when we get into uh, being irreligious or when being uh get to being uh i don't even want to say irreligious just being less than reverent about certain things i'm cautious but again i, I don't want you to think that like i'm some holier than now like you know i've got my my kids in a in a box and, and nothing we, we have a baseball idol i teach my we have this worship routine before braves games it's 
completely flippant, but you know, I'm not some like, <laughs> you know, monk in a cloister that doesn't like anything that's uh, that's unholy or anything. I like horror movies, but but uh, it, it's just one of those things where I don't know. It, it depends on how I, feel. I, I was never really offended by it, though. What's weird about that is like somebody asked me the other day is like if you could describe Dr. Robert Stinson, how would you describe him? And I said like he seems like a monk in a cloister that's offended by everything so this is really odd that you just said that uh hey how about the main event mafia our champ was in the main event mafia uh the second uh incarnation can you tell me who was in the first I'm, gonna I'm take still that as trying a to digest the whole monk in the cloister comment I'm like hold on now <laughs> we're just going to take away and we're just going to you just drop that and then move. Who asked you that and why would you say that? <laughs> that that didn't happen, Rob. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. It was it was a terrible <laughs> joke. I saw it was something I saw on TikTok. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> oh man. So nobody's gonna answer you. Do you have an answer? Do you remember the main event mafia? I don't have an answer. The OGs. What? No answer. You ask in the chat. Uh, the original, as I recall, was Kurt Angle. It was Stig. It was Kevin Nash and Booker T. And Scott Steiner. Maybe I think Scott Steiner was in that first version. Um, but like Samoa Joe joined them at one point. He was in the hmm. version that Nick Aldis was in. Were you guys not watching your total nonstop action at this time? Uh, Sting, um, Kurt Angle, Samoa Joe, Magnus, right. Rampage. I'm just yeah. looking at the uh, I'm looking at the Wikipedia article on it right now. Just trying to look at gosh, man, that's faction was stacked. It was. That was the idea. That's why they were called the main event mafia. Yeah. See what they did there. They were all already main events. Yeah. It's weird. Like Joe and, and Aldis feel like the the youngest people in that group or like the like they were the ones getting the elevation for being in that group. Rampage's name has come up a lot in the, a lot of the Carnyland content. It uh, seems like I've, like I've heard his name a bunch. Um, several people have mentioned him recently. I see uh, I see Katra unit mentioned in the chat. Uh, that's an MLW faction, right? I feel like I've seen them, but uh, like Joseph, Joseph Sam, Samuel uh, or the, uh, let's see we're 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 digging now like we were trying to find the last bit of factions uh dave wills in the chat was not watching tna says rob stinson's a great great man i don't know why he would say that uh, <laughs> he's right <laughs> okay so all this is saying in the second version of the main event mafia the idea was the past present and future main eventers so that makes a lot of sense yeah. with that lineup uh they got it right. If we can get Joe, if we can get Joe in a main so, event, where did Rampage was, Jackson fall in there? Was he? How he did, was in the second iteration, right? Rampage was, or was yes. he in the 
Okay. Okay, yeah, I'm looking at that now. Steen, Kurt, Samoa Joe, Magnus, and Rampage. I remember, I mean, I just vaguely remember this. I wasn't following uh, TNA super, super closely at the time, but um, that's cool. You know, you know what's really cool, though? If I could show you a little something-something here. That's really cool. And nothing about those outfits is cool. It's all the people wearing them. That's what's cool. What do you mean the outfits aren't cool? The outfits are way cool. <laughs> Nobody, no other person in the world can pull off jorts and a leather jacket. Oh, yeah? Wait till y'all tune into the next episode of This is the NBA Podcast after dark and you'll, you'll see what Stinson Doc McLovin brings to you. I'm coming in George and leather jacket. Yeah. New Day gets some love. We'll mention them earlier. Oh, Straight Edge Society. Forgot yep. all about those guys. Remember that? Mm -hmm. Yep. That is not a faction. But I guess that's the Heenan family there, Andre and, and Bobby Heenan. And there's Rick Rude. Okay, so they're showing it. So the Brain Busters were apparently considered part of the Heenan family. I guess that's accurate. Yeah. So then we get we get into the, uh, is this a stable or a faction? Because did they really collaborate with the other members of the Heenan family at that time? Yeah, that feels like more of a stable. Well, it was, but but then, like I said, there was that build going up to WrestleMania 7 that time, I remember. And, like, Heenan was, like, sending everybody after Boss Man. Like, he had to defeat every member in family. Um, right, all of us right. forgot about the 97 Heart Foundation, and they have now entered the favorites. They're up there, man. They yeah. are Heart Foundation. I can't believe it, it took us so long to bring them up. Um you know, I, I'm a, I was an NWA guy, so I never really, uh, I never really felt the connection to to them emotionally like I did with guys like the Freebirds and um, and the Horsemen and all that. But man, Heart Foundation is comparable to anything, anything out there. Yeah, uh, all this also brings up the uh, Heenan, you know, with the Heenan family, uh, make a cool statement that that is one I actually subscribe to that. Uh, Bobby Heenan is uh, the greatest all-around talent in wrestling history, he says. So, uh, What about – I'd like to get the champ's uh, estimation of where uh, Paul Ellering would fit in that. Paul Ellering? Hmm. Precious Paul Ellering, yeah. Because I guess, yeah, I was about to say, well, yeah, I mean, but, but, but Ellering was a worker. Uh, like, he, he was, he was a in-ring talent as well as a manager. Um, right. That's interesting. But nobody could talk like Bobby the Brain, right? That's another topic for one day. Yeah. Just running through managers, I feel like. Yeah. Uh, he, Bobby could talk, man. Um, he was, uh, he always had a gravity about him, but he's also real funny all the time. Like, I'd just be rolling listening to him, you know? Um, and he is, man. You're right. As far as talents, he may be the greatest of all time, uh, all around. Paul Ellering though it's like when he he was just like sinister and dark and he he was very uh, uh very deliberate about things and he always felt like there was a 
he was concocting some sort of dark plan, even though, you know, when he was with the Road Warriors, he was, I guess, a baby face. It's, uh, but, man, he was good, too, and uh, being a, a worker, kind of like Paul, Paul Jones, too. You know, Paul Jones had worked also and, uh, um, and then became that brilliant manager of the, uh, of, uh, the Army. <clears throat> yeah, he, uh, Aldous did respond to your thing. Did you see that there? The, uh, in regards to Ellery, good manager, but as an all-around talent, wrestler, manager, commentator, host, Heenan's untouchable. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. This Camp Cornet I mean, thing, man. I, I see Mike Lancaster talking about that, and I'm going to be honest with you. I, I like. I vaguely remember that. I remember Owen and Yoko holding the tag team titles. Was that during this time? I remember that being a thing. Um, and I remember Cornette managing Yoko along with Mr. Fuji, but I don't, um, I just, I, I don't remember like Camp Cornette being a thing. And I remember him being the reason that the NWA was brought in. I remember well, he, he kind of backed managed, that up. He brought in. He what's managed that? the Rock and Roll Express during that time, didn't he? That was some yeah. kind of that real surreal thing where uh, it was just weird, man. It's like, it's like, how is this possible? And what, and what, you know, universe is this possible? So that I remember that that was a big deal. Super weird too, because he also brought in the new Midnight Express, which was like uh, Bob Holly and uh, who was the other one? Now I got to look it up. Uh, let's see. Looking it up. This is exciting. This is exciting TV. <laughs> we appreciate everybody who's still hanging out with us. I think every time now that we have a little break, I'll just start naming uh, the 62 members of the NWO. <laughs> Scott Thank Hall, God for Evan Nash. Bart <laughs> Gunn. Bart Gunn was not in the NWO. Bart Gunn was in the new Midnight Exper uh, Express with uh, Bob Holly, so that's who it was. I could not remember. He was probably. Uh, thanks for stopping honestly, by, Nick Aldis. We do appreciate you. Honestly, he was Thank probably you. in the NWO too. You never know. This is a long list. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but uh, thanks to everybody who pointed out Bart Gunn. Yeah, I could not remember for the life of me How about that guy's career. That was a bummer. Where he like knocked out Dr. Death and uh, won the tough enough competition and then uh, got laid out by uh, Butterbeam. I remember that. Yeah, but good for him. The uh, Bodacious Bart and Bombastic Bob. That is such a pool from history. Like I'd forgotten that that was even a thing that happened. That's so weird. Yeah, Dave's right. He says, when you get stuck, look at the chat. The answer's probably here before Google gives it to you. No, you've been 100% right. The chat has been awesome. I've, I've loved that part of 
this deal. That's that's why we're even here. We're not like, trying to make some video that's going to be long lasting, like for like uh, lots of views six years down the road. We're hanging out with you guys. This is just a bunch of people getting together and uh, chilling and talking about wrestling. Uh, but yeah, that Bart Gun knockout did kill Doctor Death's career, as James James Lawrence pointed out. Uh, it was like you know, I feel like he. Maybe I'm crazy, but I feel like I remember him coming back in WCW for a little while there uh, when he was like going to be managed by that awful JR parody, uh, Oklahoma. Remember that? Mm -hmm. That's right. No, you're right. Uh, another thing about Gary Hart, too. Remember Gary Hart? Uh, he ended up coming back and doing us, uh, had a pretty important faction in, w in NWA, WCW, right around 1989 with Terry Funk and the Great Muda. And um, and uh, they never really – they did tag team from time to time, but they, they pretty much operated as different um, workers, you know, with Funk going after Flair and Muda going after Sting. You guys remember that? That does, that does ring a bell, yeah. Vaguely remember we did that. The, uh, he was there at a, a Future Shock when we did Starcade. Uh, yep. um, he was in that, so. <clears throat> That's right. Uh, let's see here. I'm just for fun. Since we're winding down here, I'm going to Google worst wrestling factions. See what they give us. I'm sure we've had to have mentioned everybody at some point but could be fun god Is dang there... right off the bat i forgot about sorry rob go ahead the core remember the core mm. uh that used to be it was part of the nexus but uh would it was like cm punk took over the nexus but then like wade barrett started the opposing force and it was called the core and they had literally uh the worst logo i'm looking it up it was terrible the core yeah i hope you're ready for this i got it There, I feel like there was something with um, Vampiro there in the latter days of the uh, WCW. There was something with Vampiro and maybe Ugh, that's he ugly. was in a faction. Was, <laughs> what kind of logo is that? That's too many Who R's. would buy that? <laughs> the core. You didn't even spell it right. Yeah. No regrets. <laughs> <laughs> what happens when you that's what happens when you go get a logo from fiverr.com that's what you get call me if you need a logo that's what i'm saying i'll get you a logo maybe you should get on fiverr nah oh okay well the next one Uh, oh, go no. Who was who was about to talk? Was that you, Rob? I was, I was just, just trying to ask it. Somebody in the chat chime in. I, re I seem to remember Vampiro being in a faction. I can't remember. This is like right, right towards the end, like in the Thunder era. You know, right before. 
they ended going uh, ended up going off. Um, J Cal, hit me up. I'll get you a logo, man. DM me. Did he ask for a logo, or did you just I offer that randomly? Uh, yes. No, I just called him out. I just intuition. He said he needed a logo. In the chat. <laughs> Uh, uh, yes, the answer to your question in the chat, by the way, uh, was that was number uh, Crypto Zoo Baller, uh, was that was number 10 worst. Uh, and the site I'm using is Bleacher Report dot com dot net dot net. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> number nine worst faction of all time according to bleacher report x factor x factor it was x Pac, just incredible and albert i remember they had a weird theme song you remember that it sounded like it was by like uncle cracker or something like that it was it was real weird now that is dr stenson's favorite music artist don't talk about uncle cracker you know, I, I was literally, as I said it, I was like, Stinson gets down to Uncle Cracker. I know he does. <laughs> he does. He does. Why not? Why not, guys? What about the Misfits in action? Did we talk about them? Uh, we did not. Somebody mentioned them in the chat. I don't even want to say it because, like, some of the stuff is, like, so inappropriate. That, but you had, like, Major Guns. You had Lieutenant Loco, Sergeant AWOL, The Wall. Corporal Cajun, Lashley, Hugh, G-rection. Yeah, I don't want to say that. Hugh Morris, G-I, really? bro. Erection, that was your, that was your yeah. line. Major Stash. <laughs> I'm just going to keep going. Major Guns, Tylene Buck, big Tylene Buck fan. <laughs> Lieutenant Loco, Chavo uh, Guerrero. This says here, this write-up on Wikipedia that they – had the shortest reign for the now-retired WCW World Tag Team Championship, which was Lash LaRue and uh, and uh, Chavo Guerrero, Lieutenant Loco and Corporal Cajun. All this seems so much, like, so, like, derogatory. I don't even know. This would not fly today. <laughs> yeah, probably not. But that was during that uh, Crash TV era. Yeah. And uh, they feuded, I remember, with the Canadian team. It was just like headed up by a uh, storm, like hacksaw turned on the yeah. U.S. to uh, join Canada. Yeah, that was kind of cool, man. That was I was you know I was a soldier at the time, so it was like it would like would rile me the heck up to see that. But but that's good. That's what you know. That's that's their intent. That so. Uh, the uh. I, I'm not going to lie. I actually vividly remember WCW during that time period. I was kind of into that group and their camo. And then eventually, and then eventually we didn't mention this, but like, I remember uh, Booker T joined them as GI bro. And, uh, and that was apparently like one of his first gimmicks or something like that. But he brought it back to like team with him. I remember that. Hugh Morris too, man. He had gone from like a, being sort of mid card, under card status, becoming a pretty big deal. You know, he was always fun. I liked Hugh Morris, the Laughing Man, and um, so this was kind of uh, this sort of elevated him. Of course, by this time, I think he'd already been elevated, but uh, he's one of those ones that's like doesn't get enough credit. 
I don't think I'm breaking new ground here by saying this, but I because I feel like maybe I've seen this somewhere, but he was also like responsible, like pretty responsible for like Goldberg, like uh, mm-hmm. as far as like he was like Goldberg's first big opponent or something, you know, and he just made yeah. Goldberg Goldberg look like a million bucks in there, and then I think they put him with Goldberg like three or four times just to. You know, even though Goldberg was having these short matches, but also, you know, he got his time. He was a uh, trainer for a long time, like at uh, NXT and that sort of stuff, the Performance Center. Uh, number eight, Los Boricuas. Remember yeah. them? Yeah. Uh, led by Savio Vega uh, after he got fired from the Nation of Domination, apparently. Uh, Miguel Perez, Jesus Castilla, and Jose Estrada Jr. Uh, they feuded with the Nation of Domination and another faction we haven't mentioned, the Disciples of Apocalypse, the DOA. Mm. Um, their biggest achievement, though, according to Bleacher Report, they won worst feud of the year against Disciples of Apocalypse in 1997. That's quite an accomplishment. Yep. Okay, how about the next one, which is Truth Commission. Mm -hmm. Truth Commission. Uh, Yeah, that was, they were led by Jackal. It had like Kurgan in it. Remember them? No? Probably that's why they're one of the worst. Uh, The Oddities made the list here. And uh, Right to Censor, we've talked about them. The Job Squad shows up. This is an interesting one. Job Squad, it says, so Al Snow concocts an idea. I'm tired of being a jobber. I don't get good matches. I lose all the time. I'm in a revolt. So I'm going to get Scorpio. You lose all the time, too. So you're ideal. Gilberg, you'll never do anything. You're in. And uh, Bob, Bob, whoever you are, you can you can be here too. And uh, and that's it. That's the job squad. Hmm. Gilberg did go on to win the light heavyweight championship. Just for the record, uh, uh, Recon Bull Buchanan and Kurgan. Thank you. Damian Redman. Damian Redman in the chat, man. I don't have you been in here all the time? Like, I mean, I know you've been in here all night tonight, but you are like a freaking encyclopedia over there. Uh, Dave Scooby brought up uh, Master P and the No Limit Soldiers. I feel like that somebody casually mentioned them earlier, but uh, that was fun. And uh, let's see here. We talked a little Jay Cal about Raven's Flock. Um, and the Blue World Order. They came in during an NWO discussion. Raven's Flock, I just mentioned that it was, you know, what an easy deal, just having to sit at ringside. I actually really dug Raven's Flock, by the way. Uh, an indie show in my small town. Um, those guys came, and I, uh, you know, I don't know what these people are like in real life, but I thought Raven was awesome, and I loved Scotty Riggs and Kidman like the shooting star press, which at the time was called the seven year itch. As I recall. Anyway. Hmm. Yeah. Seven year itch. That sounds like right. my whole military what? career. Like I had the seven year itch that my entire tenure. 
<laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> hey, we, uh, one we haven't talked about. Maybe, maybe on that list. Uh, <laughs> the League of No, Nations. let me tell you what the next one is real quick. It's the nation. And I think the that's nation. garbage. Yeah, it's well, the nation about, of domination. No way. I was talking about the League of Nations. Remember them? The faction of uh, was Wade Barrett and Albert Alberto Del Rio, Rusev and Sheamus. Yeah. And they were literally created yeah. to put Roman Reigns over. It was ridiculous. It that, was stupid, but that's actually like, it should have been good. I remember when the team yeah. first formed and they like beat the hell out of Roman Reigns. And I was like, man, that's actually kind of a cool faction. Like all of those guys are pretty sick. And no, no, this WWE wanted those guys to all just be pretty sick jobbers. That's what yeah. they wanted. It's terrible. Terrible. Yeah, I agree. The nation shouldn't be on that list. Um, okay, so I'm reading over this. Um, the it's acting like this is when uh, Farouk was kicked out, and uh, it says somehow WWE creative thought that an Owen Hart heel turn and subsequent co-leadership of the new group simply named the Nation with the Rock would be a good idea uh and then lots of other advocates joined like crush and savia vega and uh so it basically became like what are you even doing now so anyway well that's a little better if they're not talking about the, the farouk uh nation domination And if you're interested, the very last of the worst of the WWE factions is the Union. Hmm. Uh, yeah, during the Deadly Game Tournament to crown a new WWE champion, it's a shame when man turned on mankind in the finals, siding with The Rock and assisting him in winning the title, thus forming the corporation. They dominated WWE through 98 into the 99. However, due to conflicting egos between the McMahons, the group disintegrated, causing Shane McMahon to merge with the Undertaker's Ministry of Darkness to form the corporate ministry. During this process, corporation members, The Rock, Mankind, Pat Patterson, Gerald Briscoe, Tess, Ken Shamrock, and Big Show got ousted due to the corporate rejection. Former members, Mankind, Ken Shamrock, Big Show, and Tess decided to stand up to the dominance of the corporate ministry and form a faction called the union carrying two by four boards as a sign of unity against them. And it failed. It lasted a month. We saw that a picture was, of them uh, earlier, didn't we? Wasn't there? Yeah, a I think we did. Yeah. And we all just kind of went, uh, and then we went to the next one. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> They didn't oh, have armbands. All right. Well, cool. yeah. Can I Google uh, factions with armbands? <laughs> Is that a uh, wrestling factions with armbands? Why do some wrestlers wear armbands? That came up in Squared Circle on Reddit. But, uh, but anyway, guys, we uh we got to start wrapping this thing up. 
it's getting late it's midnight will and i have to work tomorrow rob who knows what the hell he's doing um <laughs> but uh we want to thank everybody for hanging out i mean the, the chat stays strong throughout you guys have been here you've been doing your thing i hope you hit subscribe i hope you hit like on the video i hope you're following the nwa pod it's at the nwa pod we love you guys and and this and nights like tonight are strictly meant to keep the community together together because it's rough times in wrestling, but in the NWA specifically is what we're concerned about. So we just want to have like hangouts, have a beer, chill with us. Let's talk wrestling, whatever you guys want. We're going to start doing, I think, I think the poll thing we all enjoyed. So that'll start probably being a thing. We'll do a poll, see what you guys want to talk about that night. And uh, we'll throw it in and we'll do something just like this, where we talk about literally every freaking faction that's ever existed. I think that we managed that this evening and uh but anyway uh again thank you all for joining uh will tell them where they can find you online at hey it's will on twitter and at real hey it's will on tiktok he is pushing the tic tac i should have <laughs> saved that for you rob you go ahead you let him now i am uh, at our stinson four and guys if you enjoyed this talk uh tonight this is just, I'm going to tell you, when, when the NWA um, gets back out of hiatus, you're going to see factions. I mean, the NWA has always been a tag team organization. You're going to see great tag teams and factions in the future. We've got strictly business now. Um, I, I know that, that, uh, that the leadership in the company, guys like William Patrick Corgan and, of course, Nick Aldis and Josephus and Tim Storm and Maureen Tracy, they are already at work right now uh, getting ready to get this thing back up and running. Uh, but in the meantime, we are carrying the weight. We aren't going anywhere because the NWA is not going anywhere. It's been here forever, and it's going to be here forever. And, uh, you know, next next week we may be talking about the greatest mass wrestlers of all time. We got one of the greatest of all time right now in the NWA um, with the question mark. I said it, one of the greatest of all time. Um, we may be talking about the greatest managers of all time. We've got some of the emerging ones right now with the Pope. You know, we, we may talk about some of the – the greatest swerves or betrayals or heel turns of all time. Well, you saw the Nick Aldis, Tim Storm angle. The NWA is where it's at. It's not going anywhere. Uh, we appreciate you guys joining us tonight and conversing again. I think WWE Front Row said it best. NWA fam is strong, and it is strong, and it's not going anywhere, guys. We're here. We love you. <coughs> Communicate with us on Twitter, on Tic Tac, on MySpace, on Napster, on LiveJournal, on the um, – my book on Snack Shack, on all of them, man, because we're there you for you. Him, Gary, you know you can mute him. You can just go on as the host. <laughs> I, I was, dude, I was all in on just how long that would go. Like with no pauses, he <laughs> would right, just, sorry, go ahead, just continue, keep naming bro. stuff. And it's not just us, guys. It's, it's not just the uh, the NWA pod. This is the NWA podcast. You got Jay Cal, who's been gracious with us tonight in the chat. Jay Cal has been there through tough times before. He's still out there. We support him. He's part of this family. Uh, all of you guys in the chat, man, you are so important to us. And, and uh, um, make sure you check out Alliance Wrestling. Um, check out our stuff and, and uh, check out Jay-Z Flair, some of these other guys that are pulling the, the labor right now and uh, carrying uh, their fair share of the burden. And uh, we're going to get through this, guys. It's going to be okay. Yeah, get Gives a uh, <laughs> Jake House says Stinson needs a link tree. 
like we just need to get him a link <laughs> like all these things like 20 freaking things um yeah give props to your mods and their wwe front row always a pleasure to have you in here just keeping things moving uh he's also uh taking on that producer role just like shooting me notes over here uh as as we're talking and uh appreciate that crypto zoom mauler you have been so active damian redmond as well uh, you guys have been killing it in the chat. David Rabbit, a freaking encyclopedia of old WWE knowledge. That was really cool to have you in here talking. Uh, and everybody who's watching who's not chatting, we appreciate you too. Even if you're just hanging out and just checking out the show and just leaving it on in the background while you do other crap, whatever. We still hope you're subscribed. Uh, all you got to do is hit that button. And uh, just also make sure you uh, hit like and just uh, all we ask is to share it. Just get more people in here. It's more fun. The more of you there are, the more these conversations go on and get exciting. I am at this is Gary Horde on all of the stuff. And our show is at the NWA pod. I've said this like a hundred times, but I just want you to remember it. We appreciate you guys. And, and like Rob said, this is, this is what keeps the NWA going right now. At this moment and this time, they need to know that the NWA fam, the hashtag NWA fam is strong and we are here for them, waiting for them, anxiously awaiting for them to come back and give us more content. It's a struggle right now. You know, you know, you've seen it. Uh, thanks, Dave, by the way. Dave Scooby, I meant to say that in the chat. But uh, all right, that is it for tonight. I'm going to wrap it up and uh, we appreciate you. You guys have a good night. We'll see you tomorrow all over the interwebs. Until then, enjoy your gravy cake.